0: Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, this is episode 226, I am Peter, and unfortunately Matt is on break, on uh, mental vacation, I, I don't know what the although I imagine today's probably doing quite well for his, uh, for his uh, mood, but
1: <laughs> Connor's here. I am, and speaking of today, congratulations on America on voting out the orange cheese stick. Yes, uh, it's, it's a relatively
0: good news day, uh. You know, obviously that being the big thing, uh. You know, the the, I, the favorite thing I saw today was just someone made a, a title card for it, it was Sunny called "The Gang Saves America." Uh, I saw that the other day. Yeah. Uh, uh but it was more prominent today because today it was like, I mean, admittedly, I think it, was,
1: it must have been yesterday or the day before when it was becoming clear that that Philly was going to be where it was saved. Uh, well, that's that it the thing going around. Yeah, yeah, but like, he's done well enough in all the other states that we're kind of still counting anyway, that even if they lost Philly, that all the other ones would have made up for it, I think, but they're not. Uh, yeah, uh, as we're recording right now, yeah. uh, Nevada has also confirmed that Georgia it's flipped. gone Biden. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, has Georgia gone officially yet? It was blue in the last map I saw. It was on, it was leading, but I don't think it had been officially confirmed yet. Well, not called, but I mean, the yeah. things look, like, like it's, the,
0: it's less close than it initially appeared. Uh, I guess is what the point is. It is,
1: it is, yeah. Um, that that feels good. Still way, way, way too many votes uh, for him, but True. Things, things are good. That said, Biden also did break the record for number of votes for any candidate ever, so they were up on both sides. I mean, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, just in terms of the election as a whole, um, it was the highest turnout, uh, not in terms of percentage, because obviously there's more people now, but just in terms of sheer votes cast it was yes. the, the the largest ever i think it's i think even in terms of turnout percentage it's the highest since like the 1920s <laughs> um and of course i can just i can hear people
0: in the distance now stop talking about politics what are you doing stop talking about politics okay, we're done we're done look there was good news today it had to be mentioned okay uh mass effect trilogy getting remastered as well also within, good news. within the same hour that was that was a good hour <laughs> November seventh is, is is doing okay. Uh, so which is the day we're recording this? Of course, if you're obviously not hearing this or seeing this till tomorrow, uh, so yeah, you know, good news. Uh, now admittedly, we don't have a lot of books to talk about this week. Uh, we have four. It should have been five. Uh, this is my bad. I completely forgot that Justice League was out this week and didn't read it. Um, I said Kirk could talk about it, but he suggested we just wait till next week and we'll both talk about it then. So Justice League issue whatever it was this week. We'll do I that I want next to say week. 56, but that could be a bit of a guess. It's the ballpark. It's in the 50s. Uh, but what is coming up to date, we have Batman issue 102, Deceased Dead Planet issue 5, Young Justice 20, which I actually just double-checked before we started there that it was indeed the final issue, because I, I couldn't remember if this was the last one or if the next one was the... Could you not tell by the end? Well, I'll get into it. <laughs> we'll I'll, get to that. Okay. I'll get into it yeah. when I get there. Okay. Uh, and we also have Dark Tales from Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush issue 1, so those are back with the vengeance. Uh well I see adventure there's two of them <laughs> but is no. that it I don't remember
1: two but maybe there was more later I know there's I that about. and there's, there's flash but I just assume was more uh, uh, and then by the way I I would just like to apologise there is uh a handful of firework displays going off outside uh my my house uh sporadically that are getting louder here or there so if you start hearing those that, that's all Fire Night was two nights ago why the hell's the fireworks I, I know but I think because this is the Saturday, that's when the pre scheduled displays tend to happen. Although maybe people are just happy about the election results. I don't know. Maybe they'll celebrate. Why not? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did put Yub Nub from uh, the end of Star Wars over a, a video of the fireworks outside mine earlier. It was uh, nice.
0: Uh, anyway, so Carl kind will of wrap up the show with a uh, Patreon book done, Red Hood, issue 50. So, in yeah. that fun, in that fun. Uh, so that is uh, what's on scale today. But we did have some questions because we do it be a late week, so there is going to be some questions. It's especially good because they ended up being no news either. Uh, there's there's basically nothing. Uh, maybe one minor thing, but I think it comes up in one of the questions anyway. So uh, that's it. That that is going to be episode two through six. It's a weird week. Um, obviously, next week things should be very different. Or next not next week, sorry, next month. things will be very different because we're immediately firing into a month long event, which then fires into a two month long event. Lots of big things happen the next few months. November, relatively speaking, quiet. which is yeah, fine November by... is kind of the calm before the storm, isn't it? Yeah, which is actually kind of fine by me because there's a lot of other things going on in November. So comic books can stay calm. Comic books can be the calm thing for the month. Yeah, and that's I'm, okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll fire out some questions then. Uh, it's not dilly-dally with it.
1: Um, you know, we're... You know, t- I, I'd just like to say, I made this drink when I thought when Pete told me he had like... Uh, he, told, he told me he had three books left to read. Half an hour later, I made the string thing. You oh, know, we'll be starting any minute. It it was like full up to you know here on the glass w- when that was. Well, to and, be fair, and... one of the books was over fifty pages, so I'm not. <laughs> and, and the other one was a Bendis book. It uh, turns out, yeah, uh, yeah. So... Yes, the other book was a Bendis book, which was had a lot of caption
0: boxes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the longest the issues you could take to be this. because you know if it was three sort of like Batman 102s, and I've been done in like half an hour tops,
1: which is why I timed it that way. I thought, oh, okay, they'll be you know it'll take about this long. I'll uh I'll go make my drink now and then I'm like, it's not done yet. No, nope, no.
0: Nope. Uh, well, there's a lot of things going on with the election results and stuff today. Um, and I got a, I got a fancy new SSD for PS4 games because the PS5 coming soon, of course, and. You can play the PS4 games off the external drive, so to it save is. space on the internal PS5 drive, I've got a fancy, well, external SSD, which, as far as the tests have gone online so far, uh, is matches it'll, it'll the speeds. Uh, yeah. If not,
1: actually exceeds the speeds of the internal drive with PS4 games for some reason. But that's you uh, know there. My, uh, my my Xbox arrives on Tuesday, so we we'll, I'll probably talk about that next week. Oh, I'm Briefly. sure we all can't wait. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about Assassin's Creed
0: Valhalla and all the castles. Oh I definitely do not. I, I definitely do not. Um, but yeah, so a lot going on. So yeah, that's yeah, the guys' questions. I'll put, I'll put the email questions first. Uh, we'll knock those out. So from uh, Emil Keldy, a couple of questions here. Um, first one, very kind of da 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 whatever. Um, this may be a hard one, but what are the iconic definitive creator duos? Uh, for top tier DC characters like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo for Batman, Dan Abnett and uh, Cedric for Aquaman. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of them of as a top tier team, but I suppose if you th- if I think of my favorite Aquaman stuff, yeah, but they kind of actually are at the top. Yeah, I,
1: I get where that's
0: coming uh, from. You uh, just say if you want to do more general picks or your own favorites. Uh, but I left top tier so you can save yourself how many you want to do. Um, yeah, this
1: that's is a this, Yeah, it's Is I can think of a lot of like pairings in comics that i love not that many of them are like dc pairings like you, you know you think like brubaker mm. phillips right you know uh, for me Gillen McKilvey um, not like you know big dc runs between them um Lemire sorrentino is maybe one of the only ones that i can think of that's persisted into dc comics i think actually that might have been their first collaboration uh, was was their green arrow run but obviously they, they've gone on to do they did a uh, I think they did Old Man Logan uh, I mean, at Marvel, and now they they did a uh, Gideon Farm. So tec- they're kind of a- technically
0: it's only one miniseries, but part of me really wants to say Johns and Gary Frank
1: <laughs> because for <laughs> Superman. Because I mean, I think so, they worked together on something before, because I think well, no, the Gary v- v- Frank drew some of his his action stuff, right? They've worked together on
0: stuff, but I mean specifically Superman. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't re- remember any Gary
1: Frank action comics from that run, but I mean. Could, did um, wrong. Maybe I'm really misremembering this here, but did Gary Frank not draw the story with the Legion? I could have sworn he did. Uh, course, he just did. abandoned his mic all of the... He did, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, it was uh, the Legion of Superheroes story that was part of John's action run. Uh, I mean, I, mean I, I, could, I could have answered very quickly by saying I've not read that part of the run. <laughs> no, no, but I have. I love that story. And so I'm just saying, yeah, there is backup to that definitive answer is that it's more than one story. Well, I was I would have counted Doomsday Clock as kind of a a kind of
0: second, and it's the, the sense that Superman's a prominent feature of it, even though obviously he's not there sure. for the, the whole thing, or even even more than say, not. yeah, like a third of it. But uh, it's very much about the spirit of Superman. No, I, I don't know. So I mean, that's the one of the first one. I mean, because I'm thinking about DC characters specifically. Um, because when I think of Batman, obviously Snyder and Capullo would get this kind of thing because they had this big long run. But there's, that's not my favorite Batman by any means. Uh, so when I think of like w- what my favorite Batman stories are,
1: uh, I- a lot of people would say, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale for. I think that's a fair pairing yeah. that goes. You know, obviously have a couple of Batman stories, but you know, it just as a general rule, they're they're a, one of those solid top tier comics pairings.
0: Yeah. Um, thinking of some of the other characters, though. Uh. Because even Jeff Johns with Green Lantern went through a few different artists. One of them we don't like to talk about it anymore, but and, and annoyingly,
1: <laughs> he is probably the the artist I think of the most in regards to that run. Yeah, I if bet. I had to link one artist with it, it would have been him. But yeah, not gonna not gonna mention that. He's having a bad day though. <laughs> Oh, he's having a terrible <laughs> day. He's having a bad day. <laughs> 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 I like how at the starters you're like, okay, enough with the politics, on to comics.
0: That was a sly reference not talking about it. Um <sighs> None because none, 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 none of the big runs that I can think of have a dedicated artist that's stuck there the whole time. Like, you know, when I think of Okay, I keep going to John's runs, but John's is Flash one. I, I can't think of a s- single artist that was kind of... I mean, there's a couple that I associate. You know, you have Scott Collins, you have...
1: Yeah, they've got a couple, but there's nothing like that's one major... Uh, no, not in the same vein as you. I think Snyder and Capullo, obviously he didn't do every issue, but the vast majority, right? Probably like 80-90% was was Capullo. Yeah, it's enough that it feels that they're running It does. Um... I mean, the closest I can think of for Flash is uh, Manipul and Bucillot in terms of having a oh, pretty wow. consistent that, run between them. That, this is less a team because it was the same person on
0: both, but in terms of an iconic thing to a character, I think Mike Grell on Green Arrow kind of fits this right. bill very significantly. I
1: mean, I the same with, like, like there are individual cre- like Denny O'Neill with Batman, for example. Yeah. Like they're, they're like, you know, Things like that, but in, in terms of a, a duo pairing, it's, it's harder to yeah, DC kind
0: doesn't. Pin down. Yeah, DC doesn't have as many of those for for whatever reason. Uh, they'll come up occasionally. I, like, but... I, honestly,
1: I think the reason is they tend to prioritize um, having the books out on time as opposed to consistency with the artists. Uh, even when there are delays, that does happen, of course. Um, but they do their best to try and kind of keep the books going and have them relatively consistent. And they'd rather swap out artists as and when they need. So it kind of takes away that feeling of of artist continuity
0: a bit more. Uh, The second question here is just kind of a a general, unrelated one. What's your signature dish? What do you cook when you really want to show off? And that is something that you absolutely certain cannot, uh, you know, screw up. Um, I can't cook, so uh, I don't have a signature dish. Uh, My signature dish is a solid uh, something in the oven (laughs) that I just put in Uh, for 20 minutes to take out.
1: I cook quite a lot, but I don't cook for guests. I cook for, for, for me and Paige, and that's about it. So I'm never showing off with my cooking. I'm like, oh, what do I, what do I feel like eating? Uh, I make a handful of really good different curries. Uh, um, when I really want stew, to show off, I'll show, I'll show off how
0: quick uh, my auto-login and Just Eat or the uh, ordering services are. That's my showing off. Like, hey, look at how fancy and easy
1: it is to order uh, food. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like, a lot, like, I made Pad Thai for the first time, like, two weeks ago. Uh, mm. I'd never even eaten it before. I was like, I'm going to try and make it. You still and it was phone
0: delivery services? No, 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 no. Let me show you how
1: the future is. All right, there you go. <laughs> no human contact. Ta-da. I mean, look, I'm, I'm definitely ordering food as soon as we're done here. Don't be wrong. Um, because it's sad. Screw it. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I ordered food yeah. last night, so I, uh, I'm being more economical. I don't know, I don't know uh, what I did last night. I mean, I did, a, I did a nice chili con carne yesterday. That was pretty good.
0: Well, here's our next question from the email. The email, of course, is mftvquestions at gmail.com. If you would like to send bigger questions for future episodes, uh, they can sit there in the bank and we'll, we'll use them and when when episodes like this pop up. but This is from Brett Williams, uh, one of our patrons. In fact, this is a patron who makes Connor read certain books, which is delightful. Uh, the bad books. Hey, Pete, and hello, Connor. I think he's emulating my intro. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> <As> saw. <someone laughs> who is a year and a half into comics? This is my first instance of experiencing a month-long uh, event: endless winter and future state. Have these sort of short breaks been successful in the past? I know nothing of convergence, with the exception of Pete's hatred for it. Um, but well, just wanted you you mention my hatred? Because I, I never actually read it. I just kind of avoided it. Uh, Matt is the one who read it. And I
1: yeah, I read the Spies is issue. I think I read the zero in the first issue, and then I read. A couple of the side minis that were all right around it. Uh, but
0: have DC's future end, uh, New 52, Zero, and villains issues, Marvel's Empire been successful? Is there anything that has come from these? What do you expect from Endless Winter and Future State? Do fans sit the next three months out? Uh, this is a kind of a weird question in the sense that I think every example you gave there is a complete and almost
1: objective failure. <laughs> well, 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 hang on. Hang on. Okay, what? Well, it depends how you're measuring success. Because I think critically or commercially, commercially, oh, cri- I think all of those do very well. Oh, cri- um, yeah, I'm not talking
0: about commercially. I don't care about commercially.
1: I'm yeah, t- I'm talking,
0: yeah, yeah. And, like, and uh, every and, single one that he mentions here, I would say you could happily skip. If you're working through a new 52, I would skip almost everything that falls under those banners.
1: Well, well, well hang on. This is this is where I have to disagree very slightly. Of course you do. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's important to disagree here um, because. There are a handful of DC runs that, during the New Fifty Two, the villains issues were not only important but good. Uh, while I will agree that as a whole the event is a, a failure, like it, it wasn't very good as a whole because everything just stopped. It, feel, it felt pretty forced. By the, by there the, are some issues that are good.
0: I'd have to go back and check, but I feel like by the time they got to the villains issues, I'd dropped so many books that it was it didn't really matter at that point. But uh, that's fair. Um, but no, I think the more important comparison here, though, is something like Convergence or some of the stuff that Marvel's done. Um, I Honestly, I, I'm actually looking forward to both Endless Winter and Future State. I think we're kind of at that stage where we've had the status quo for so long that we're actually kind of excited for a refresh, and these being kind of our shake-up months before we get whatever the, the new status quo and, is, is actually I,
1: kind I, of exciting, to be honest. I think alongside those that you, you mentioned there already, we did have more recent examples such as uh, justice league versus suicide squad uh near the start of rebirth that was about a six week event yeah
0: um, I, I think the the key difference here though just to make this clear is that that didn't like pause or take over every single book in the line for a couple of months whereas these examples, Endless Winter, isn't taking over completely everything, but it is doing a lot of books. And then
1: Future State is outright pausing everything. For I, no, two I agree. Months. I'm just comparing it to the, the previous examples mentioned there. Obviously, the Villains Month and Futures End Month were everything for a month. But I, I think I think Empire was mentioned in the question, which is obviously a recent Marvel event. Yeah, I was. And paying that was like that, ev- it, it, that wasn't every Marvel book. It had a lot of tie ins. Don't get me wrong, but I think live with Suicide Squad had a handful of tie-ins as well, so I'm kind of lumping that kind of in with that side of the category, which is actually where I think Endless Winter kind of falls for me, where it's taking over some books, uh, but not everything, and it has obviously some tie-ins, but there are other books that will just continue uh, as they were completely uninterrupted, uh, whereas Future State is a lot closer to Convergence, or the, the Villains Month, uh, for example, where it's... Everything is this for two months.
0: It's close in format to Future State, but in terms of actual, like, interesting what it's. I mean, for a start, it's not just some random ass creator who we've never heard of who's just in charge of the whole thing. It's actually got a lot of creators who are like, oh, hey, this is interesting. These might represent future teams. In fact, there's a question coming up uh, related to that. Um, So. I as I I would not say people. I mean, if people are excited about it, if people are looking at the solicits and looking at these two stories and saying, "I'm not excited by any of this," then yeah, sure. But I I for me as as a fan who who does this show because I like reading DC comics, um, I actually think the next three months are pretty exciting. I mean, more so, Future State and Endless Winter. I think Endless Winter is kind of just a fun one month like little.
1: You know. I think they're exciting for me uh, as well, but for different reasons. Um, Endless Winter, I think I'm excited about because I, I enjoy those kind of just like, here's a fun romp story that we're going to do kind of at a pretty quick pace for comics. It's it's unusual to get stories at that sort of speed, at least at uh, that level of story that we're telling. Um, so that's fun. Uh, whereas Future State, I'm also excited because I'm just intrigued, but I, I, I'm probably more trepidatious about that than I am Endless Winter in that if If you wanted to you know times times are tough right now, and if you wanted to save some cash i I wouldn't blame anyone skipping comics for d c comics for two months there, but I do think there are things there that look enjoyable and interesting so but I mean, all of this is obviously quality dependent, which we don't know right now it's hard to say like, the, be- the best convergence, thing- even as a concept convergence, you could tell me that now. Don't tell me the the reasons why it exists. Just tell me this is a story we're doing for two months, and I could go. Okay, there's potential. Uh, I, I think if you told me that now, where we were in a good a good place with DC Comics, obviously coming where it was in the New Fifty Two, Goodwill was nowhere to be found. So they they kind of went into that with that. But uh, I don't know. It's not that different to me conceptually
0: from a, from a release format. Is this? Not different at all. It's a very similar kind of style yes. of release. I uh, conceptually things are very different because we're d- we're doing this in a very different place. We're doing this with some kind of purpose in the creative line. Whereas last time with Convergence, there was no creativity involved with it at all. Now some things were kind of taken from some of the, the tie-ins, obviously later, but that was not a planned thing. That was just we need two two months of like kill time because we're moving offices and this is just all it is. Yeah. Um but even that's irrelevant here. That doesn't really matter in the context of what we're talking about here. Uh, that never looked appealing. From the second they solicited Convergence, it looked bad.
1: I, I, I do think Parvet is where we were with DC at the time. Like At the time, DC was on a pretty bad streak. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that does contribute, but I still think it looked bad.
0: Like, it just looked bad from from scratch. Mm-hmm. I think there's stuff in these these solicits for these these different things that look entertaining, that look good, that look potentially that could maybe be a big deal. And... The difference for me that's very key here is that I went into Convergence. The second I looked at those solicits, I went, well, I guess I'm taking a couple of months off. When I looked at the solicits for this stuff, I immediately said, I'm reading more comics in January and February than I have done recently. I'll be reading more per week than I was before. Uh, or at least higher page count, because some of them are bigger books, so there's less number of right. books. Right. I'm, I'm not
1: sure, at least as as our regular schedule, I agree with that. Uh, December might be more comparable because there are extra things we're reading because of endless winter so i'm not sure how that stacks up in comparison yeah so you know
0: i i'm optimistic i'm optimistic um it could be bad and if it's bad we'll find out it's bad and we'll complain and we'll have fun doing that too but um yeah.
1: but like i say i do think if if you're quite tight on money you know and, and you're like you know, humming and hawing over it maybe wait and see and, and you know come and check us out and see if if what we think and you know if it sounds like something you'd be interested in and then get on board for the rest of those series that you like the sound of perhaps yes but
0: future's end i skipped completely villains month i skipped almost all of it zero month i did not skip and regretted not skipping almost all of it so uh typically these gimmicky ones that used to do like once every year every anniversary of new 52 they had to do this gimmick month it was just this thing that got in the way and paused all these stories. Now, while the and while Future State is pausing a lot of things, technically, um, part of the whole point of this is to get all the creative teams in line and get let them get ahead. There's more of a a well-natured purpose to this yeah. pause than there ever was before, where it's just a sales gimmick. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure the sales for these will probably do quite well, just because events and these big sort of things tend to do well.
1: So I think. Endless Winter will definitely do well. Future State could go either way. Um, I know my comic shop is just um, gone. Hey, we're kind of adding everyone who is interested in you know these DC titles. We're adding what we feel is appropriate as to you know what what we think you might enjoy. But you know, let us know yes or no on specific titles. I also
0: um, added this to the question. P.S. Connor, I was very pleased with myself with my three-month plan of action: comics, Superman, and Robin King. Though I do feel bad for Superman 25 because the because that was awful. And though I don't have a great second three-month plan, just know that Rosmo and Bendis are lurking like Jaws waiting for you in January
1: 2021. So Wait, are they? Do they do they have a book? I can't remember, but Shit, are they on the Legion book? I can't remember. I don't know. No, I can't either. I Shit. don't know. Don't ask me a question I don't know the answer to.
0: Uh, so, there you go. That's, uh, the email questions, but we'll jump over to the Twitters, if I can find my right tab, there we go, um, and we'll look at some of these questions. There's a couple that were kind of, uh, similar, which I hope I'll bundle them together. Oh my god, stop clicking on the other window, my god. <laughs> there
1: professionalism, we go. people.
0: What? Windows! Behave yourself! It keeps snapping back down, right? There we go. Oh Give me Okay. Right. Where are we here? So um from at RLS nineteen uh, otherwise known as Ryan. Uh <laughs> how much do an image here which I'll, I'll read from here in a second, but this is the question. How much do you think these creative teams represent future runs? Wade Manopaul on Superman, Williamson and Andor Tynan on Titans. Uh, Bat Family coming, interesting stuff. So I've got to look at your screenshot here. So that, this is uh, Death Metal, the last stories of the DC Universe, which was solicited a while ago, but the final kind of like teams were are solidified I this past week or so. I believe this issue is coming early December for anyone wondering. Right. So that's this page revealing all the creative teams and what stories they're doing. Uh, you know, it's one of these pages at the back of the book, especially in the digital versions. Uh, so here's the teams that are here. I'll read these out. So we got the Titans in together, which is Joshua Williamson, James the IV, and Scott Snyder writing with Travis Moore on art. We have Green Lantern in. Let's well, just actually, we'll just tackle them one at a time. So that one there, given that it's three different writers and it's the Titans in together, that might make me make me think that if there is going to be some like continuation of like the creators here. That maybe they're taking different characters each. If if you know that maybe not Snyder, but I can see Tynan and Joshua Ellenson. It's
1: uh, it's possible. I, or, I just, or, just...
0: or or Joshua Ellenson will take it take the Titans, but James Tynan's going to do some
1: stuff with Dick, so that's why he's kind of involved here because Dick's in this story. Kind of maybe thing. I, I'd just love to add my own speculation on this story and kind of a general one before we go on for these because I think it's applicable to kind of all of them here. Mm-hmm. This is a death metal tie-in specifically. Uh, those three creators that you just mentioned have been spearheading all the death metal stuff, obviously Snyder in general but uh, Tynan and Williamson have been working very closely, they did like the, the speed metal and the Trinity Crisis uh, you know, yeah. well so uh, I think that is if anything more like that is going to be the quote unquote main continuation of the story for this one shot.
0: Well this is uh, I think something that's worth mentioning here is this is a good question but I actually think this question is far more applicable to the Generations one shot
1: uh, which I feel was more kind of teasing potential the, future runs. But the anyway, generations, all the future state, because like, that that was kind of my second point here is I don't think any of these are necessarily teasing anything. I think as exciting as some of them are. I won't the, death, for that. the death
0: metal ones, yes. Let's go up to the list regardless. Uh, Green Lantern uh, and last night's by Jeff Lemire and Raphael Albuquerque. I mean, <laughs> if they give me a Jeff Lemire and Albuquerque Green Lantern,
1: I'm not going to complain. playing with the. the... If they give you a Jeff Lemire and Albuquerque, anything, you're not know, going to complain.
0: No, I would. I'd complain if it was Constantine or Red Hood.
1: I don't think I would. Uh, do, 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 like, even Red Hood, I don't think I'd complain if that was
0: the team. I would. Uh, Wonder Woman in the question, but this is Tamaki doing this one with Sam Pierce. so, like, that's just the current run. That's fine. <laughs> uh, you get Green Arrow and Black Canary in a Dust of a, a Distant Storm. That's Gil Simone uh, with Megan Hetrick on the art. Um, I wouldn't say no to Simone. Green Arrow, Canary Book, by any means. No, that'd be fun. Uh, Aquaman and Whalefall. Uh, This is Christopher Sebula writing uh, with Christopher Mooneyham on the art. I mean, Aquaman does need a new team.
1: It does, and I'm familiar with both of these names and have enjoyed things from both of them. Uh, Mooneyham, I think, did the very... that really 90s-esque Nightwing stuff that we had uh, a while back. Uh, there was a couple of arcs that I you you liked the art more than me, if you recall that while we were still reading Nightwing, um, that that was I mean, him, I'm pretty sure. I really don't, but <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh,
0: the Bat Family and we fight for love. Uh, Cecil Castellucci writing with Mirka Andolfo in the art. Um, I mean that could lead to anything. Well, there's so many characters involved uh, and just the Bat yeah. Family. Uh, Superman and the Man of Tomorrow with Mark Wade and Francis Manipal, as the question po- as the question Steve. itself pointed out. This is this is the one, right? This is That's Mark a Wade team, yeah. Mark Wade on a Superman book. I don't even care about Manipal. Manipal, sure, great. I mean, if if Matt was here, he'd bat me up. Manipal? like, yes. I I I just Mark Wade on Superman is a big deal, and it, it, it is. If Mark Wade does end up in any sort of long term Superman project or some sort of miniseries or something, then I will be absolutely delighted. I don't know, like we said, I don't know
1: if these death metals. Stories here in this one shot are actually the ones teasing anything going forward. I think, yeah, like we've had a, a couple of these death metal one shots, the anthology style at this point, that I've had all sorts of different teams on. And I don't think we've ever speculated that, oh, this is the team going forward on any of them. No, no. And I but feel it was... no reason to suspect otherwise on this.
0: No, but it was something I immediately said when we got the uh, the solicit for the Generations one shot, is that it felt a bit more of a tease, potentially, for where some of these people may up going. Generations,
1: and maybe even Future State, uh, could be like a testing ground for some of them. Uh, um, but that was but... that question. Uh,
0: so, then, from uh, Not A Robot, at Not A Robot, uh, the, the handle's cut off, huh? Uh Not a robot show. Thank you. There we go. That's the handle. Uh, if you had to pick one, do you think that after January, DC will have multiple instances of heroes existing in different timelines published at the same time, or will, they, or will it be that every arc exists in its own world, or will it be all cohesive storylines? Uh, I don't think they're going to separate everyone into different uh, continuities. I, 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 I...
1: Not at all. When they when he talked about uh, at the end of that, um, kind of at the same time, I I assume they mean the the future state thing in general. Because uh, if you recall, when we went through those solicits, some of those seem to be happening in, at different points in time. Uh, in terms of in the future state world, some of them were happening at different times. Yeah. Well, actually, let uh, me add
0: in these next two questions because they all kind of okay. They all kind of sort of touch upon kind of the same thing. So, from at Stanley Coda, do you think the whole Omniverse model will basically make everything black label titles? I can see everything having a is it in continuity feel like Strange Adventures, Three Jokers, or Mr. Miracle? And then the other question here, again, can't attend to some of this. Uh, this is from uh, Team Rocket Leaders, just the, the name, but the, the handle is at WeaponX1800. Do you think this will make. Uh, do you think people people buy less titles? and the feeling that the stories won't matter since they're all separate uh, from it being the Omniverse. I think that's maybe specifically for Future State. but Yeah, I mean... So, yeah, all this Omniverse talk and all this, like, I don't think that the the way that the shared continuity works after February is going to really be any different. Uh, Me either. I think this is all just... What's in the continuity might be different. But the actual way it works, like it does now, whether some black label books or some kind of maybe kind of in continuity books, the main line stuff I think will work as it has done forever, basically.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't see it being any different to that. I think what, what the the second question there was kind of all essentially treated like the black label stuff, where it's is it or isn't it, and there is no main line. Not a chance, because they'd be missing out on too many crossover opportunities.
0: Not yet. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a day in the future someday where this could go this way but I don't think we're even close to that. I think yet. I
1: think right now the mainline stuff th- there are too many things that sell extra copies because they tie it in or cross it over with something in, with another book in that mainline continuity that it's just an easy sales boost and they're not going to want to give that up. Yeah. Um And you know
0: if because I, I think honestly that last question might have even incorrectly quoted the wrong thing because it may have been in response to the other question but the idea being like, you know, would it hurt sales if everything was sort of Black Label-esque? I don't really think it would, although that said, I do think you would see a big focus on the same few characters and a lot of the other characters would just be forgotten uh, and
1: never get books again. Yeah, like I say, I think it hurts sales in the sense of, okay, we can't cross over and tie these in as easily and do like the those cross-promotions that do, you know, definitively yeah. boost sales on you those know, books. Actually, having said just what I just said about
0: some of the smaller characters have been left behind, They actually do really well when they actually, when they give something like a a Mr. Miracle, like the prestige kind of like position of saying, hey, big creative team on this book, 12 issue series. So maybe I'm actually incorrect and maybe they would actually get more of a chance to shine when they're given
1: a shot like that. It's it's a weird thing because I think those characters do so well, uh, not because of the characters, but because they are marketed as the team doing this book, right? Uh, especially after Mister Miracle, um, know, that but that's, what,
0: of... that's what I'm saying. Though I'm saying that that w- could
1: potentially be happening frequently. No, I, I get where you're coming from, but if every book is like this, I think I think people lose the appeal of all oh, this. One feels like a special like run of a, a little special story for that. Mm. And I think that there's a, a danger of almost oversaturation. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think they I would like to think they're smarter than that. Yeah. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. Though, whether that's whether switching to the, the to the model, um, uh, absolutely not. I think after February, we go back to the regular mainline continuity. We have some black label books. Maybe we revisit the future state future state timeline in a mini series or a graphic novels, so, you know, wh- whatever format down the line. But...
0: There, there could even be an ongoing future state series or something like that. Maybe launched in March. But I I, I think the regular continuity will be working as it always has done. uh With you know maybe. Around the same number of books, nothing super different. I, I expect, you know, continuity. Changes. I expect creative team changes. I'm not expecting any great shake up to how comic books function typically. Nah, me either. So, yeah. So those were all kind of bundled together. They were all kind of about the same subject. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I expect that in March, it will look like a DC universe that is somewhat recognizable, uh, even if it's a little bit different than what it was before. So, um. Pretty much. Well, that was basically the question. So many of them kind of like tied in together (laughs) into the one kind of, uh, you know, subject, but, um, I mean, I'm cautiously, I'm not even cautious. I'm I'm, I'm optimistic about the next few months. I'm excited to see what they do. And if it doesn't end up being a complete home run, then that's okay. Like, it's fine, because we'll get to March. It's not going to take that long to get out of it if it isn't that great. Um, and then we'll see where we go from I there. think
1: that's the, the advantage of this being that two-month event rather than 5G as it was originally maybe scheduled to be mm. because these changes would have lasted at a minimum a year. Uh, I mean, obviously, they'll have claimed, oh, this is the thing going forward, but realistically, we were looking at a year, I think, of those stories. Um, and if, if if that was if the, if they're really good stories and we get to the end of February and we're like, damn, you know, I wish we'd had a year of that, that'll be a little bit disappointing, don't we? Wrong? But if it was just okay or you know uh, or even not that good, but well, you, know, back to normal, no harm in trying for a couple of months.
0: I mean, if we get to the end of February and we're like, hey, we wish we had some more of that a, it's better to leave his button like that than the opposite, and I guess also b, it means that there's more potential for them revisiting that those timelines and those various stories if people like some of them especially mean... like por- like if they like specific portions,
1: like you have to like the the bat part of it or <laughs> like the wonder how, how many times does dc i mean we have revisited kingdom come how many times right you know just, that's just one example there are various things flashpoint batman just wants him to stay away <laughs> right you know if people react well to things and it's it, it sells well it will be back <laughs> somehow yeah pretty much so
0: there you go uh, that is a uh, question so uh, yeah i think we'll get into the uh into the books uh for the week so we'll start ourselves off with batman issue 102 james tyne in the fourth and carlo pugilane on the art and,
1: and uh carlo
0: uh does a
1: few pages as well oh oh does
0: there is that... is that a specific part of the book that he does it's...
1: i think it's the flashback
0: pages that makes sense okay that makes sense uh, i do not what's the name of the credits i apologize uh so yeah, this is. we kind of obviously the last issue was kind of like a, a reframing, quiet issue of Batman and Catwoman on the rooftops. This is kind of the the issue that really brings the the Ghostmaker into it, which is merging fairly seamlessly with the the Clownhunter stuff. Um, because I was wondering, I thought we were doing Clownhunter first, but it actually turns out that they're kind of intermingled, yeah. uh, in some way. Um, I did kind of cause so the the book starts with a Ghostmaker interrogating a cop. And I actually kind of loved the weird reference to Batman Begins that happened here, where the cop's like, I'm not a dirty cop. What, what? You're, you're a bat. You're one of these bat characters. Why are you doing this to me? I love the idea that this is a cop who is honest, who is a good cop. He's not flas. And the ghost maker says, Don't I look like a bat? <laughs> that <laughs> yeah.
1: I laughed a little bit at that because I thought, okay, that's a bit honest. I think it's important that it's started by trying to make you go, oh, okay, the, the, they're aware of what they're doing with this Ghostmaker mm-hmm. before they do your favorite cardinal sin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, there's things
0: in this issue that I definitely do not like. I, I don't really like how the Ghostmaker looks in the first place. He seems a bit generic looking to me. Um, he feels... I, uh, I, I said I mean, this last time, I think, but it reminds me of, like... Was it Mr. Not Mr. was it Mr. Nobody? Was it Mr. Nobody? It was Mr. Nobody, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: right, so. I mean, I don't disagree. They looked a little bit generic. I kind of like... Little look as well though, if that makes sense. I like do you know what I do like about him, which is uh, gonna sound very, very particular. I like the baggy trousers. It's very kind of samurai.
0: Uh, yeah, that's I mean I can see the, the why that is the way it is. Like the the, the design choice there. But it, it just it feels like this over designed character. Yeah. So it's one of those things that ever since the nineties, like any, any new character to try to make n nine I even nine times out of ten, nine
1: point nine times out of ten, uh they look over-designed, and they never, I, I don't disagree stick. with that, yeah. It's, uh... I mean, it's fine. I don't, I don't think it's offensively bad by any means, and I think it's less over-designed than some. There's a lot of blank space, which you can't say for a lot of these. They can be a lot lot worse than that. Um, yes. So, the, the helmet is a bit weird, though. So, uh, we're interested in this idea called the Grinners,
0: which is this... It's basically, like, a, a lot of what the Joker henchmen are, is that they're kind of... You know, they are people who need mental, you know, help, and... They've been in and out of Arkham, and it says up this idea that Batman has typically left this little hideout where they sort of lay low between big Joker periods. Uh, and basically, he does this because it's it's because he keeps tabs on it. He can kind of tell when something's like ramping up because they're all starting to like you know do things. They're starting to make noise, and he's he's seen that there's activity. And so it's actually a one. Yeah, it's like a barometer for for when Joker's about to do something. So that's why he's kind of left it around. But the whole time he's talking to someone and it's, you know, it's the green kind of like comms text. And early Which, on, you're kind of like smelling going, is this Oracle?
1: I, no, I get that. I think it's a weird misleading Because this is the first time we've had this Oracle text in a while, right? Mm-hmm. It's weird doing it while we're talking about Joker stuff. Like, uh, like, like the first time we see it is over these, the Grinners and... You know, do, you know, all the green text, it feels like this. Is, there's this a, a weird link to Joker stuff before it, it kind of says it's Oracle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the build-up because there was kind of like a weird moment at the start where I'm like, wait, is this some sort of Alfred AI that he's built into his suit now? Is, that, you know, is he doing like an Iron Man thing where he's talking to an AI? Because uh, yeah. that wouldn't be that on Batman for him to build, <laughs> for him to have. It, uh, it would
1: not, no. But, you know, we see Oracle and she's in the clock tower and, you know, and... It's- it's I, I, telling that they know what they're doing because the when it finally says Oracle, because uh, Batman says it out loud, mm-hmm. it is bolded in the lettering. Like they oh, know yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and you know we see her in
0: the clock tower and she's at the, she's in the chair at the computers. And it was this sort of moment I was sort of thinking like, how long did it take them to realize that she can be Oracle without like being in a wheelchair? Like, did she can just sit down at a computer? It's fine. Like if that's what if they give her a character reason to make the choice to start doing this and- instead.
1: It's okay. Laying that groundwork because she talks here about. I mean, where am I doing more good? You know, out yeah. there as bad girl or here as Oracle? And, and then you've got. I think you mentioned Cass and Steph. She uh, that symbol. Now. She mentions that, yeah. Which it does feel like they're kind of teasing something that I want. <laughs> it, it does,
0: yeah. Our Oracle running the two Batgirls girls running around.
1: Sounds maybe like a... maybe in March that yeah. in, instead of a Oracle and the Birds of Prey, it'll be Oracle and the Batgirls. girls. I'm okay with that uh i didn't have to call it that i could just call it batgirls so. <laughs> uh, i i know i just i, I was establishing oracle's role yeah, in okay. that in there
0: uh but uh they've been tricked though because all the sensors that tell her there's so much going on inside this little uh you know dive bar that they hang out in uh it's all a lie they're all killed uh and she comments that wait clown hunters like there's no way this is him right and batman's like nah this is someone else this is Someone he because he gets he sees the symbol on the wall and he knows who this is because he says okay stop calling me or call this is personal leave me alone, and then it cuts to the flashback Dublin Ireland many years ago and this is where I, I groaned immediately as soon as I turned the page because I'm like oh no it's someone from his past that I've never heard about before oh no <laughs> I hate when they retcon this shit and mm. and it's not even been that long since we've done this hell even that character uh, uh Mister Nobody. Even he was like a, a character from Bruce's
1: past. We've we've done this. It was, and that was, that was right at the start of the New Fifty Two, I think. Um, and I think the only reason why that's on your mind is because of the Ghostmaker visual. Yeah, but I mean that's a very recent
0: example. We we do this every so often with Batman, and I feel like this is so similar. Um, it's just, I mean, you know, the big one. Is is another one we're going to talk about later with Hush, right? Yeah, but Hush is kind of the, okay. Hush is the one that kind of stuck, and everyone kind of liked his gimmick and uh whatever. I every time I've tried to do it since, I just grown a little bit about tying in more people, or or even uh, you know, it's not quite the exact same. But even you know, in the, in the Hush Book later, Lincoln March is brought up, and even that was kind of like, hey, there's this character that's kind of been around, and you know, even if Bruce wasn't as aware, uh, so he sets up this kind of,
1: you know, is you going for like a. Like uh, it's, it's Bruce in his training days, and he's got some guy there who's who he thinks will teach him knife skills.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say that the that this this guy who seemingly is going to be a Ghostmaker is is got like a sort of low rent Daredevil kind of thing where he's he's got like a bandana covering his eyes, uh, mm. when he when he takes on Bruce. So we get them fighting in the flashback, but then we come back to present day. I did enjoy this little sequence of Harley
1: getting an apartment. Uh, this felt straight out of the Harley book from before uh like, like like it felt like a an actual sequel to the uh Palmyra and connor stuff where she was living in new jersey i want to say with her in an apartment the dialogue it just felt like it was part of that run i uh, mean in, I in will, a good way i will
0: disagree to the extent that I, when i tried reading that book from that run i
1: thought the dialogue was painful to read i thought this was easy He's, i mean flawed. there's only a handful of panels of it here really um but in terms of the, the, the concept, how she felt here, it felt like that Harley still, like an evolution of that to me.
0: I mean, fair. I, I mean, I think one of the key things that always comes up whenever we talk about that Harley run and my dislike of it is I think you sometimes maybe lay a little bit too much on their, the characterization of Harley being the thing I don't like as opposed to just the raw writing quality being something that I just don't like in that book. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not disputing that. I'm saying uh. this,
1: it feels like the same Harley. Is is kind of my point here and... You know her living in an apartment, kind of doing her own thing. It's it's very reminiscent.
0: But uh, yeah, she's getting an apartment, and there's some jokes about her wanting like hyenas. Uh, you know, at the end, like what's your what's your uh stance on hyenas? <laughs> like, oh yeah, because he thought about this. The landlord's thought about his stance on hyenas. Yeah,
1: that's that's the last panel as she pops her head
0: back. At <laughs> yeah. her. What's your policy on hyenas? Uh, you know, and she, she's like, hey, I, I'll, I'll pay double, because I'm a bit of a weirdo, and <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> So he gives in because he realizes she's just going to break in until, until he gives in anyway. Uh, but the clown hunter was kind of tracking her. Because I was sort of reading this. I was like, okay, it's nice that Harley's kind of like a a recurring, like friendly character in this book. Is I, I think I, I like her being kind of this, this uh support character more than I like her being the lead character in something. It's,
1: it's weird because we've spoken before how we don't want every character to just, or every villain to have the... Yeah, you know, oh, we're, we're a hero now. But kind of, we've done it with Ivy over the past. Um, oh, but that's not new uh, for Harleen now. I mean, this is... It, it's not. We're kind of just at that stage now where it's okay and we can just kind of get on with this, right? Um, Yeah, but that's not what I was trying to talk about. I was talking about, like, her as a lead character I
0: can't really take. In, in most scenarios. It depends who's writing her, of course. It depends, obviously, if we're talking about Harleen, you know, the the, the, the Cedric book or something like that. It's <laughs> you know, so good. But, like... I, I, you know, I think as a supporting character, she's much like. Uh, what's a good example here? Um, you know, like I, I'll try. I'll try to have a good example. There's, just, there's some characters that work really well in ensemble, but once once you put them in the limelight, once you give them the lead role, it falls apart. About it. But I was wondering though, as I was reading the scene, okay, what's what's the point of following Harley here? Because this doesn't seem as related to uh, Batman or what's going on. Until of course we find that Clown Hunter is spying on her and hunting her and is planning on killing her. But that's when the Ghostmaker shows up. He's going to kill the kid. Uh, Batman swoops in and very quickly, you know, they, they debate about, like, you know, how you should already put this kid away, but he's letting them, giving them the chance to kill uh, again.
1: Yeah. I mean, hell. In in terms of the kind of insert and into the history, I hate this part here where it's like, oh, we had an agreement. This is my city. Yeah, if- I... Oh, I, what we've never heard about him before. I don't like that either.
0: Um, I the one thing I did like about Batman and Clown Hunter is that earlier on, it was mentioned in the Oracle scene that Batman is the only reason why he's going after this this clown place. This you know, the, was it the Grinners? Uh, yep. you now, is because he's essentially trying to take away all the targets so that Clown Hunter won't kill again. He wants to avoid Clown Hunter having to be taken in, so he's trying to actually just give him the or take away the choice, take away the potential of him having to kill more people. And it was kind of like this, okay, it was it was kind of like a, I don't want to say sweet, but like, he's trying to not prosecute the kid as a complete killer uh, in a sort of loophole kind of way, where he's, instead of like, taking him in and sort of full-on Jason Todding him and like, <laughs> like, try and make him a Robin, he's... Doing something different, and I, I think that, that was an interesting little beat, and I, I like that part of it. Everything with how the Ghostmaker ties into Bruce's past, and them having this, and even the final page saying, oh, we're going to battle for Gotham, because essentially the Ghostmaker's in Gotham now, because, okay, you know what? The idea being, okay, they had this agreement where Ghostmaker wouldn't come to Gotham, but... There's been so much shit in Gotham, between Bane, Joker War, and everything that's happened out of the entire of Batman's history. The Ghostmakers finally said, screw this, you're doing a terrible job, I'm coming to take over. And how many times have we had some character come in to Gotham and say, I'm going to be better than Batman? But, but hell, again, we've done it multiple times probably since the start of the New 52. The last decade has been full of these stories. So, I have to admit, Ghostmaker I wasn't super looking forward to, to begin with, after this, this issue. I like everything else. I like the stuff with Babs, I like the stuff with Harley. I like all those, like, sort of regular parts that are going to continue beyond Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker himself, I dislike everything with him.
1: <laughs> I I think I agree with that. I, I wasn't um as against Ghostmaker as you are. I mean, you weren't even really against, but indifferent. I was, I don't even want to say optimistic, but open. Open yeah, to I, what I, Ghostmaker I, was. I think a little bit more than you.
0: I would just say I thought it didn't look that good. And I just, I felt, I, I guess, like some minor red flags, which, you know, I didn't necessarily know if, those were worth anything at the time. Right. This, um, this I, issue, though, is just, like, red flags in my face. Just be like, hey, red flag, red flag, suffocate with a red flag.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have those before I read it. Um, but, really know, I'm like, oh, man. And I thought it was fine in the first scene, you know, where he was interrogating the cop. Uh, I thought it was fine there. Well, I mean, I like the joke there. You know, the reference to Batman Begins there that I No, no I, I but liked. even yeah. aside from that, I thought it was fine. Uh, not, like, amazing or anything like that, but it was fine. It was once it got to, oh, it's all personal. It's it's all part of his past. Oh, they had this training rivalry that I started groaning. And, and then in the present day where it's, oh, you know, they have this agreement that he's going to stay out of Gotham. And I just, don't oh, no. Yeah. But I like the Clownhunter stuff and the Harley stuff, like I say.
0: So. Yeah, I like all the stuff that didn't involve Ghostmaker, uh, which is a good sign for the run because it means when we get past this arc, you know, if it's, well, I suppose it, it won't even be six issues, but because it'll have to pause for
1: uh. For future state at the least so we got what a four issue arc uh yes assuming that it wraps up before future state finishes and it's not just left on a, a weird cliffhanger but, I, I, I and that's a reasonable assumption i think at the very least
0: i would assume that he would do like a mid-arc cliffhanger that feels you know, kind of like a mid-season break like he'll yeah there will be even if it's not the end of the ghost story i feel like there'll be a proper cliffhanger that's meant to feel like oh this can be uh, a couple of months now i don't
1: thought so if there were you know, a handful of people in DC I'd have expected to plan properly for the break. Tynan is one of them that I would think knew what was going on.
0: Well, he's one of the few runs as well that are going to continue afterwards, right? Because so many of them are needing a new team. Flash needs a new team, Ackerman needs a new team.
1: And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Tynan is writing something in Future State. Yes. Um, so... Well, not even just He that. obviously he, knew about it. He's plan.
0: He, he was teasing plans for, like, the Bat family from March onwards, so he's... he's yes. I don't know if that's necessarily another book or... Just whatever he's doing in Batman, but he's teasing something. So, absolutely.
1: So I I agree. It's probably going to be the end of the arc, or at least a mid season. Um, so yeah, we we probably just have to get through this arc with with Ghost Mega, But I am significantly less excited for Batman over the next couple of months than I was before.
0: The uh the arc's pretty good, I would say. I think Piggy Lane solid job per
1: usual. Uh, kind of as usual, yeah. Like I say. Um, thought the. Other artists that I mean, again, I'm assuming is the flashbacks because it was a few, pa- I mean, only a few pages listing the credits. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine where else it would be. I mean, it actually tells uh, you 13
0: to 16. So if you counted, uh, you- yeah, but I, I didn't yeah. count
1: them. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's still there, right? It sounds about right. Huh? I am saying, it's fine. I, I am. <laughs> actually, it's, actually those, uh, it's, it's a couple of pages in the Batman fight with uh, Ghostmaker. Oh, okay. And I can, I, you know, now that I'm looking at it, I can see Ghostmaker does look a bit different. It's when he first shows up on the rooftop with Clown Hunter. Ah, okay. The helmet does look a little bit more squashed, I think is maybe the word I'd use. It doesn't look as rounded as it does in the other pages. So I guess I can see it, but not enough that I really felt it to its detriment when I was reading it. Uh, so, I mean, no real complaints there.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, what are you giving up? Probably just a six, unfortunately, because as much as the other stuff's solid, the Ghostmaker stuff does drag it down quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll
0: probably go with a six as well. Uh, I want to make it clear, though, I am super excited for everything this run's going to bring after this. I like everything that's setting up for Mm. all 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 the mainstays, all the stuff that's going to be sticking around, all the characters that are still going to be here post this arc. And, you know, whatever, even if it's not Batman itself, but whatever other book or Bat-Family related thing that's going to happen after this. All that stuff is like, you know, I love the ongoing world of Gotham and when it feels like there's a solid vision for Gotham, I really like that. Uh, but the actual Ghostmaker stuff is just like, just, it's just full of all the tropes and the comic book cliches that I don't like. So, six out of ten. Mm. All right, that's uh, easy enough. Deceased Dead Planet, Issue 5, Tom Taylor writing Trevor saying on the art. So this, of course, uh, is... Uh, this is a funny issue for me, because I, I was reading it, and there was, was a great line of dialogue early on, which I tweeted. I'll get to that in a minute. But I was reading this, and about halfway through, I was like, you know, this is solid issue as it always is, because it's no Tom Taylor. It does good work. But it definitely doesn't feel like an issue that's for me, because it's so much more based on the magic side of DC's world. You know, there's a lot of references to... Uh, you know the 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 spear they're going for the spear of destiny or whatever. <laughs>
1: I mean that's not exclusive
0: to DC. That's a, just a thing. No, but yeah, but I'm not into like that sort of mythology. So yeah, it's not a thing when it comes up. I don't go, oh, it's the spear of destiny. I go, oh yeah, I, I vaguely have heard of this. Yes, go on. And uh,
1: the spear of destiny, when that show, it's one of those things where I go, oh okay, we're doing that. Like it's not an exciting thing to me, but it's such a common I, I, mythology. I, thing. Obviously, this is what inspired the name of
0: it. But I can tell you more about the pick of destiny than I can the spear of destiny. So. <laughs> that's a tenacious dereference uh, for anyone.
1: <laughs> I, I believe I'm correct in saying the spear of destiny is the thing that it was the the spear that they pierced Jesus' side in with when he was oh, on the okay. cross. Alright. Okay. And uh, so it's the idea that it can it can hurt a god. Uh that's where that comes from. Okay. I I believe that's the origin of the spear of destiny, although someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Alright.
0: So if jesus ever becomes a vampire you have to make that out of wood you have to have the spear of wooden destiny to kill him so is that, is, that, is that the rule
1: anyway. I, I, I don't know i don't know <laughs> i mean to be fair the spear didn't kill him it just they just checked his side to see if he was dead or not to see if he was still bleeding but that, that's all all right so it's, it's it's basically like a a glorified thermometer then is what you're saying kind of
0: yeah uh, uh, <laughs> so constantine's got this plan uh, there's a whole joke at the start how he's like, fate can get into this room. Ettrogen's in there, and he's got this plan that he's not telling anyone about. Although, I guess I actually realized this, I, I, I never actually knew for sure what this was until later on when it mentioned this was Ragman's Cloak. Uh, which, honestly, is a nice little thing because it's like, when it, c- it does get brought into the plan, like what it's there for, it makes a lot of sense
1: uh, why he th- needs this. And I think I like this intro and in just that this is inside the Tower of Fate. That he's mm-hmm. that, that Constantine's pulling this shit to Doctor Fate, uh, it kind of gives it an extra layer of uh, uh bullshittery, right, with him pulling his shit everywhere. Oh, for sure, uh, it's kind of And, and swap thing going along with it is kind of funny. But uh, you know, Constantine wants
0: Batman, Damian, that is, of course, to form a team to sort of protect his ass as he goes to try and you know deal with this whatever this plan is. And Damien basically refuses to accept unless he tells him what it is. So he does. We all get to hear it. You know, it's sort of like, you know, we, we hear him agree to tell him and that's about it. Um although there was like a, a little beat here that's relevant for later where Damien makes sure you're not planning on killing anyone and he said no one uh
1: no one will die that isn't already dead. That is relevant for later. And I really like this line because as you read it you assume he's talking about one of the zombies. Yes. Um my favourite line of the book and my favorite line possibly of the week
0: is so Damien comes over to what this team is that's assembled and you got Cassandra there of course you got Jason Todd who doesn't wear the mask anymore and you got Rose, you know Ravager. And Damien refers it to a oh, bat family with Ravager. and one thing, but that's you know irrelevant to what I'm saying here. And Jason's like, well technically uh, <laughs> we got married, so she's family too. And Damien's response to this question is wait, she can sometimes see into the future and she still married you <laughs> That lane. That lane. That's very good. I love it so much. But then he's, he's like, oh, thanks. happy for you too, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, you, you got daddy issues, you'll fit right into the family. <laughs> like, you know, just,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's what sort of So, w- welcome to the family, you'll know, fit right in, especially if you brought complex unresolved father issues. She goes, I've brought so many. What I loved about... So I loved this page,
0: and then the story got going, and it was still more tied into, like, stuff. Because they get to Nana Parbat, you get Spirit of Destiny, you got Dead Man, all that. And, you know, I love some of these characters. You know, I love Swamp Thing, Dead Man's cool. But I was sort of feeling like, okay, this is more about the magic side of DC, so I'm not loving this issue necessarily uh, as much. Oh, some of those character beats and lines are still fantastic, but I'm not as into this as much. Until it got to a certain beat, and then all of a sudden, this issue sort of elevated to, like exceptional levels so when I going through the Rock of Eternity after getting the spear which by the way Constantine stabbed what's uh, her face <laughs> for it uh, Rama something Krishna there you go thank yeah. you uh, so it's just, ah, I should go over it, it she'll be fine uh, take a couple of centuries maybe but it's okay but they're going through the Rock of Eternity, and uh, Freddy, uh, as in Captain Marvel Jr., shows up. I hate calling him Captain Marvel Jr., though, because we have so many other members of the Shazam family that don't have, like, Captain Marvel names, if that makes sense. They, d- they only have their real names. You know, you don't have a sure. name for Pedro, you don't have a name for those other characters. Um, But basically, throughout all this, you know, things are getting wacky, they don't know how to quite fight... And there's a moment where the spear's been dropped, and you know, there's, there's something about that, uh, you know, only the pure of heart can touch it, and Cass is reaching for it. And I'm like, Yeah, Cass is pretty pure. Like, Cass can touch this thing. Um And we get a page where lightning goes through and she says Shazam and we get
1: Captain Bat Marvel Cassandra Kane, and it's wonderful. I I really like the colour that shows up on her because obviously a cape flaps around <clears> a lot anyway, but it becomes a full, like, Captain Marvel-style collar uh, yeah. once the lightning hits her, and I love it.
0: Yeah, she starts the bat symbol lit up on her belt, but the symbol on her chest becomes the, you know, the, the lightning bolt-style uh, Captain as, Marvel. As it should,
1: really, let's be honest. Yeah.
0: If, if anything, I'd have been hoping for, like, uh, like, the Captain Marvel symbol going through a bat symbol or something. I was like, mix and match, come on, do some sort of I mean, that's kind of why they gave you the
1: best of both, with the bat on the belt. Yeah, I
0: guess. Uh, unfortunately, though, well... I retract Unfortunately that.
1: for for Rose, not really for yes.
0: us. I re I retract the unfortunate because I had great fun watching Jason Todd die. Uh Rose has to see it twice because she's in the future and then actually sees it happen. Which is wonderfully tragic. I do love that mechanic of, of putting her through that. Uh well, not that one heart being pain, but it's good storytelling. <laughs> it, it
1: is, yeah. That's, uh, that's
0: why they do it, right? So yeah, they come back, Rose is not happy with Constantine, but the re- the line earlier on that was really important, because Damien says, you told me the one would die, and Constantine says, I told you I wouldn't kill anyone who wasn't already dead, and technically... <laughs> he's he's not wrong. Jason Todd did die, and he even references it, just in case you you thought for a second that maybe in this continuity, the whole... Even though the fact that he's red to kind of proves that the whole death and return happened, Um, but he does reference it when he dies, like, hey, I died already, I, I'm not scared this <laughs> time.
1: Yeah, I I didn't actually think that was a reference to that exactly because Constantine didn't kill Jason. I thought it was more a reference to Dead Man actually, where he kind of absorbed him into the the Ragman thing. Uh, so oh, it was more well, he was already dead. Oh well, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he is. Like,
0: I don't think Dead Man's any more dead than he was before. I, f- I I thought this was a Jason. This was a Jason reference to me.
1: I, no, see, I don't think it was because he didn't kill Jason at any point. Well, no, it's it's not. It's... Because Damien says, "I uh, busted... eh, okay. I saw you took Boston Brand. Yeah, it's it's dead, man.
0: It was funnier when I thought it was Jason. <laughs> it was funnier when I thought it was Jason because
1: <laughs> he was the casualty.
0: Because he was the casualty on their team, which is why I read it that way.
1: No, no, I get why right. he, that was in your mind. but yeah. you were wrong. So I thought this was really funny. It's still funny."
0: It's, it's less funny. Constantine
1: being a, his usual bullshitting scumbag. Uh, and to the point where um, when Damien earlier was like, all right, you're going to tell me what the plan is and you're not going to lie. And Constantine's like, oh, you wouldn't know if I lied. And he, and he looks at him and he's, you know, there's like a panel beat and he goes, shit, you would, wouldn't you? Uh, you um, are like
0: your dad was the point. Because he asked if you were like, your, are you as good as your father? He's like, yeah, not yet. Uh, but then he tries to like bluff his way out of that. And then he's like, no, you are like your old man. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. But oh, this was still
1: funny to me. I mean, it's, I
0: it it's, it's it's still funny, but it was funnier when I thought it was Jason because Jason died and came back. <laughs> I get that. I just, I love the technicality that. that well, Jason doesn't count because he already died.
1: <laughs> That's funny <laughs> sure. to me. I, I get <laughs> hey, where you're coming
0: from. Yeah, the specter shows up and is like, "Hey, I'm not too happy with you having that spear there. Uh, that that can kill me." He's like, ah, yeah, you've got a lot of power. Just, you know, look, look into, you know, use it into Insight, channel into the Insight, and tell me what I'm motivated by. Or not even tell me, just, you know, see what it's, I'm motivated it's, by.
1: You know, you're, you're the spirit of vengeance. Yeah. Check out what I'm doing it for.
0: Yeah, and the the, the the spectre just smirks and flies away, and that's the end of the issue. Um, So I think this is a bit more of an uneven issue for me, because I think there's a couple of, like... The 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 banter early on when it's like Damien and Jason and and Cass and all that, I think that stuff's really good. I love Cass. The, again, this is them like okay, Cass just got Captain Marvel powers. This is amazing. Uh,
1: like I don't know if it's permanent. It may just be like in the scene because she's holding the thing. But I, I think it might be semi permanent because it's the whole reason why they go there. Right, is to True. get the the stuff that can give the powers. So yeah, uh. I think I called it the Staff of Destiny.
0: It's not the Staff of Destiny. It's the the, the one that's more related to the Shazams. It's, yeah, the you know Spear I mean. of
1: Destiny is, is the other one. The
0: Spear of Destiny, yes. What's the Shazam one called? Is that just Shazam's... Shazam's... The, the wizard Staff? Is that just what that is? Yeah, I think it yeah. might be. I don't know if it has a particular name. Right, that's what they're looking for, though. Uh, that's what yeah. she touches. Um,
1: too many staffs. There's too many staffs and spears... Uh, I mean you literally have Constantine holding both of them at the end facing off the specter just waving these two sticks around. But uh yeah so but uh, some great high points in here um
0: for sure. Um and
1: yeah. I think it's a very consistently solid issue. I think it is definitely a middle issue of a story and I mean I mean this is 5 of 7. So it's in that middle section. Um did, was this always seven issues, or, or did they expand it at some point? No, I think it was always seven. Okay, that's just my memory. I, I think it's just, I, I expect six for minis, so I just assumed. Uh, and I kind of noticed on the front of this one mm-hmm. that it was five or seven. But yeah, it, it's very much that middle section of the story, kind of setting things up ready for the for the end game. And uh, I'm, just, I'm very excited for that still. Mm. Uh are we give a- it? I'm going to make an eight. Yeah, I'll give it the eight. I'll give
0: it to you. Um, Hairsign's art, uh, as per usual for me, is uh, is not bad. But occasionally, again, I, I do think consistently it's been better this, run, this series than it was in the first one. But, uh, you know, occasionally there'll be a face here or there that I think's a little bit in the, the weird skinny side. or.
1: Sure, uh, yeah. I mean, I, for whatever reason, Hair art has never bothered me as much as you. I think there's enough style in it that it gets around it, but mm. um, I get where you're coming from. Alright.
0: Young Justice, issue 20. Brian Michael Bendis and Scott Guglielski on the art. This is... I, I double-checked this to make sure it was a fair Cause the final one, because the the caption at the end says, you know, never the end, and I was like, oh, is this the last one? Because <laughs> it, cause it was only the phrasing at the end that made me think that. Because it's, it's fairly standalone, but what's weird about this is that this issue feels like it should have been much earlier in the run, and it does feel like it's setting up for a much longer run. It feels like this is... Because this it's, 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 it's issue is an issue that focuses on Kelly this is the Teen Lantern right and it's them establishing their base at Mount Justice so it feels like it feels like this is the end of the pilot (laughs) where they're setting up where they're going to be working out of and it starts off with like Kelly's like fighting something we don't get to see uh, a lot of narration boxes talking about how she's kind of a you know a nervous lantern who doesn't even know what the oath is she just stole this power because she found this this weird alien device connected up to a power battery uh, all the rest of it, but... It jumps back in time, and it's the team being shown uh, Mount Justice for the first time. And so you've got the new people who have never seen it. Naomi, Jenny, Kelly. And just being shown around, and then they find, like, a dormant red tornado. I say A. The dormant red tornado. And they're explaining who Red Tornado is, and there's some jokes here. The, the banner's solid, as it ever is, if you like Bennessy's dialogue. And I do. Um, sometimes you could do with torn it down a little bit, but... Uh yeah, you know, there's a joke here where basically Bart speaking so fast that Jenny mishears him and thinks she says red tomato. Uh so she keeps calling him red tomato. Uh <laughs> which Connor's shaking his head at he's really upset.
1: I'm I'm upset. I'm just it's so typical Bendis dialogue. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh do, do you really disagree with that? I don't disagree with it. I just don't have, I like typical Bendis dialogue though.
0: I don't have a problem with uh with that. Uh, but Red Tornado wakes up as like intruder alert and starts fighting them and actually knocks out every single member except Kelly. So th- this is very much Kelly's issue with sort of her driving force. And then John Shure shows up and he sort of quickly, like after she's like dismantled Red Tornado, basically debates with her. And it flashes back because we, we saw in the background that they were talking to each other back when they were helping clear up the debris in Metropolis. So it flashes back to that that interaction where. He basically says there's a lot going on right now, but we have to have a serious talk about that tech you've got, and, you know, it's not yours. You've kind of taken it and stolen it. And it comes back to present day where he's like, look, you're going to have to give that up. Clearly you're going to end up hurting someone. It's not yours. You didn't earn it. And Kelly's like, I think I did kind of earn it. Like, you know, I I feel full and proper with this. And uh, one by one, the rest of the team kind of like wake up and stick up for her and say, no, she's doing good with this. She's a member of Young Justice. Uh, we are sanctioned by Superman, <laughs> you know, Mr. Stewart. Uh, you know, take it up with the, the, the chief. Um, and it's kind of this thing where he's not really, like, John's kind of coming off as kind of the, the bad guy. Not like in a villainous way, just in a kind of the the, the, the the adult who's like stepping in and not letting them do the thing they want to do. Uh, which is kind of weird when you've got Tim and Steph and some of the other characters who actually feel like they're already like 19, 20. <laughs> and it's... It doesn't feel quite the same. But Kelly is much younger though. Kelly's like, you know, ten or twelve or something like that. Um but there's like a great lineup shot with them all together sort of behind her, sort of sticking up for her. And when she says that look, I, I I feel like I never really belonged before. And when I got this device, I feel like I had a purpose and like I belonged to something and like I I could help with it. I don't know if you can relate to that. And you can sort of see in the art here from Goodluski that John, you know, it's the first moment where he kinda like almost feels bad that he's even trying to take it from her because he kind of does understand it. it is, it's, it's the moment he kind of relates to. Um, So, uh, he's like, okay, we have to have, so basically there's a, there's a distress call, he has to go and do just Justice League stuff. So he's like, look, I'll leave just now, but we have to have a talk about this at the Hall of Justice. You have to be trained. You have to be all that. And she's like, sorry, yes, sorry. He's like, not by me, necessarily. But flies off. Um, It's okay. But he says you have to rebuild Red Tornado. Uh, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He's supposed to guard the place and he broke in. And the final page is just like them all hanging out on the beach outside of Mount Justice um, with the, the reinforcements there to hang out. Uh, you know, from, uh, you know, Miguel from uh, Dial H and uh, the Wonder Twins. Steph is there. You know, all the regular you know extras. Uh, and it just says never the end is the end of the issue. And it's, it's kind of this weird thing where I think it's a fairly solid issue. Maybe a little overly wordy at times, but that's not exactly uncommon for Bendis. Uh, But I think the sentiment's good. I think it's important to give a character like Kelly a a focused issue. It feels like instead of all the multiverse hopping shit we were doing for the first, like, ten issues or whatever it was, we really should have been having issues like this. And this feels like it should have been in the first, like, arc or so of the run. And it feels weird because this this issue does feel like it's setting up a status quo for where Young Justice will now continue
1: for a a, a long run. And that long
0: run doesn't exist because this is literally the last issue... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> unless they're planning on relaunching it in True. march under a different creative team.
0: Very possible. I would not even do it, do it the good because I think well Bendis has had some moments in it. Um it does feel like it's been kind of spinning a lot of wheels and which is weird because when it has when it shows some weird direction like it does here where it does feel like oh this is the start of a status quo that could lead to a lot of great Just stories. issues in. <laughs> yeah. So you know if it does get a new creative team of some kind I, I you know maybe Mark Russell would be a good writer on, on this not, book. Matt Russell would be good on pretty much anything, let's be honest. But, you know, he's, he's, he's written some of the characters before, you know, extend it out a little bit. Or, or even someone like... uh, Who else would you put on here? I don't know. There's, there's probably a few different names that I, I could see kind of working with this kind of team. Honestly, I think Gilson One might even be a good fit for this type of
1: book. Bunch probably. public characters. I think, I think what's worth pointing out as well is um, younger teams, Young Justice, Team Titans, whatever, um, are great fits for lesser-known creators, because it lets mm. them try their hand at a lot of characters that are recognisable enough without a lot of the pressure that comes with the, you know, the upper-tier books. Uh, so I, I do think that you tend to get a lot of unknowns, or relatively unknowns, on these sorts of books. guy uh, Bendis <sighs> was kind of the exception here. It was kind of an awkward, sweet thing, because it was a pretty su- you know, solid
0: issue for the most part. But it was like, this is the ending, and it doesn't really mean anything at this point because it's already over, and it doesn't feel like we've had a story that hasn't, like... It feels like we didn't really get much of a, an actual story outside of just, like, why do we all not know who each other are, or what are our histories, and we spent most of the time sorting out that. And the last two or three issues, which are, I think, mostly have been good, maybe one wasn't, but it's, it's had this weird feeling that ever since we knew it was ending, it was like every issue that goes by that's... Because they all feel like these little standalone issues which are solid and are there designed to be in between the big runs, but there's no next run, or or arc I should say, not run, Uh, but there's no next arc coming. So it just has this weird
1: feeling. I guess what I'd say from the outside, just like having listened to you and Matt for some of the issues, a reasonable amount of the issues, um, it's helped because obviously you were very excited at the start because, hey, Young Justice is back and this is the teams together. And you kind of I don't want to say soured on it, but kind of got like, oh, it's just doing this over and over. Like especially the multiverse stuff near the start. You in particular were a little bit jaded by that. And then here at the end, they like you say you know it's ending, and you've had these standalone issues that have been fine by the sounds of it. But the the feeling I get at least from the outside is kind of you you've been kind of wondering why is this the ending? Like what you know what's the the statement of the run here at the end? And it's kind of just felt like. A but, collection of random issues that that didn't fit anywhere else. Almost.
0: I'm not wondering that. I'm not wondering what the statement at the end is because I don't think this was meant to be the end. I, I, I,
1: I, I like the statement I, I, of the run as a whole, not the statement of the ending is making.
0: Well, yeah, but I, that's kind of my point. Is I don't think this was supposed to be the end of the run. I, I think Bendis probably was expecting to do more, and mm. he hadn't got around to it yet. And for what you know, just wasn't selling enough. They wanted to cancel it. Or maybe whatever it's repackaged repackaging. Maybe Bendis will still be involved with it in some fashion with some of the characters in like a separate book. You know, at the very least, we're supposed to get a season two of Naomi, which I hope we do because
1: that book was great. That was one of the things, one of the best things Bendis has written. I'm, I'm sure you will get that eventually, if for no other reason that I bet it sells really well in the bookstores. Oh, very possible. Yeah.
0: Um. So I, it's just this really weird bittersweet kind of thing where it just feels like it's starting to set up a status quo where I could really enjoy what it's doing. It's, uh, they're at Mountain Justice, oh, this team's kind of established. you know. And there's a sweet moment where they all stick up for Kelly, and Kelly afterwards kind of admits that she's never really had a friend before, and this is kind of a new thing for her. Um, mm-hmm. That people are actually like got her back, and it was kind of sweet, and it was like, yeah, that's kind of nice. And I, I just wish that this was the start of the run, or near the start of the run, as opposed to the last dish. <laughs> it's kind of odd. Uh, so... Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that it, it kind of ends in this weird place. I don't even want to say whimper because that's not quite right either. It just feels like untapped potential. Uh, and not even just because it needs another team. I, I think Bendis does have the potential to have a great run of this this team in them. This this book, this set of characters, but
1: it's, it's it's hard to feel too sympathetic in the sense of okay, you, you know, you're talking, I feel like it's really getting going now, and that's that's great. You know, that, that it's starting and it's and, and by great I mean it's also frustrating and disappointing that it's ending. Mm-hmm. But also if it takes you kinda of twenty issues to get to that stage, I, I understand why maybe it got cancelled or you know, why there's a there's a problem with that, you know, why readership probably dropped off if if you've gotta wait twenty issues till it's getting the, the real meat of the run. That's quite a long time, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I wish it was, wish it was better. I wish I was more happy with what it is, and yeah, it, I just cannot. So there you go. That is uh as young just, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think this like a solid six point five. Maybe yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm colouring it because I, it's the ending, and that's what's making it weird. I think on its own merits, if this was just an issue that was early in the run, I'd probably give us a solid eight. But it's kind of got a weird feeling to it, because it isn't
1: that. because it's the ending, it's like, well, it doesn't feel like an ending, right? Well, it isn't an ending. It was never supposed to be an ending. But I mean, part of this should be, in theory, at least in my opinion, on Bendis, that, okay, once he knows this book is ending and this is the last issue, should have rewritten this to feel like an ending.
0: That's just, I mean... Assuming he even had any sort of advanced notice, given what the schedule is to when he writes something and when it comes out, I don't know. No,
1: that's, that's uh, yeah, I don't know that either.
0: Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So, anyway. That's that. Uh, which will take us on to Dark Multiverse, or Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush, issue one. Uh, this, of course, is... Where's my other thing here? Oh, I didn't read the creators down for this one. That's my bad.
1: It's Philip <laughs> Philip Kennedy Johnson writing and Dexter Soy on art. Thank you. Uh, that, explains Thank you why well. the, that explains why the art was good. It does, doesn't it? Because Dexter Soy tends to be rather decent. I do have one critique near near the start, although it might be more of a lettering critique than an art critique, but the art lends to the problem. Mm-hmm. But, um. I think it's like the third page. It's the double page splash of the, uh, the origin stuff. The, uh, I think it's part of the, you know, it's, it's, it's this faded out kind of uh, blue grayscale style coloring on the art, right. To give it the, it's, it's the flashback coloring and the narration box kind of going through the history is in the big yellow boxes. I, my eyes wanted to read this in the wrong order because I went from the top left and I wanted to go straight down because it looks like the, bo- the the page is split in three. But it's not. You have to go across first and then across the bottom. Um, and I think the fact that the uh, the white panel borders, uh, especially on that left side, splitting the the top and bottom, Blended in with the art too much with that coloring that I didn't realize until after I read it and then went back mm. up, and it just didn't make any sense to me. I was like, hang on, something's not right here.
0: Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, this is an interesting one because this is uh, you know, a return to this format that we've not seen since
1: basically the first metal was coming out, right? Or just after the uh, first no, metal it, was it was quite a bit later than that. Was I think it later? was only about yeah, because it was uh, these finished right before all the stuff happened with Wally. Because I think this uh, Tempest Fuginot happened in the uh, he showed up in the end of that Wally series flash forward, right? To give him all his Manhattan powers,
0: he did. I don't think I don't think it was like right before that though, because I think he had been away for a little bit of time.
1: See, this is the thing. I don't know if it was that long ago. I don't, I, I didn't think it was anywhere near the last metal. Maybe it wasn't during the last metal, but it's been a
0: while since the last one. It's been over a year.
1: Uh, do you know what the last one was? Uh, maybe Blackest Night or Infinite Crisis, maybe? I I don't know, I'm I'm kind of looking, just I guess. November 2019, November 2019, December 2019, so about a year since those last Hmm. ones. But that's closer to now than the first metal, right? Uh... When did the first metal end? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I want say that was like the end of twenty eighteen. It's a it's a very good question.
0: Oh no, wait, no, it wasn't because it was it was before No Justice, which was like an April. So that have been early twenty eighteen. It ended. That okay, okay. That sounds no, right. That sounds roughly right in my head because Justice, yeah, Justice League Justice started in summer twenty eighteen. Anyway, uh, it's been a while, is the point, right? If it, it has, yeah, uh, I'll grant you that. It's format. Um, so, I was kind of curious, like, what's the point of this? What is the point of bringing these back? Because, well, we are doing some, obviously, Dark Multiverse stuff, because they're featuring in Death Metal to an extent. It's not really the focus of Death Metal this time. They're there. There's all these, like, dark Batman... Right, and, and it around. always
1: felt like, as much as they were an excuse to do DC's what if stories, um, with the the Tempest Fugino stuff, it felt like there was a a point to those original five or six issues, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's here. Like you know, Tempest is there at the start and the end to sort of like essentially for act as like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt.
1: That's kind of his purpose here. That's a pretty good analogy, yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: Um, but it doesn't feel like it's built into it. It feels like it's just here. He's just here to sort of introduce. He's he's here to give the the the, the almost the another anthology to compare it to. It's almost like the Rod Serling intro and outro to a Twilight Zone, where he's just there to sort of say, "Deep in the dark, multiverse." I'll, I'll say, I could almost read some of this in his voice. Yeah. So that's that. So the, the opening of the book explains, you know, this is what the Hush story normally is. Uh, if you've read Hush, you'll you'll hear all it. But then it explains the backstory of this world that we're getting into, where. Tommy was with Bruce and their parents were with him when his parents were killed. So they all witnessed it. They were all kind of like at the end of the alleyway and watched it all happen. Yeah. And they took in Bruce instead of going to Alfred and they raised Bruce. And it leads to this this world. And you know, the first chunk of the issue is basically just establishing what this world is. Which is that Tommy is was
1: a senator. Uh yes financed by talia al ghul and the the rest of the league of assassins yes they are
0: kind of in a weird uh not so romantic relationship jason's like a he's like a playboy but he's also an arms dealer as we find out later Um, and he's with dinah which is uh, irrelevant because she never pops back up later
1: that's
0: that's true yeah yeah uh harvey
1: dents attorney general and you've got that that, no that rings true that's that's so far the, the bit that i go yeah i see that happening I wasn't really disputing that, to be fair. No, no, but I just you know, all the rest of it feels like just kind of... A lot of this feels like just for the sake of being a little bit different, whereas Harvey Dent as Attorney General I mean, makes perfect sense.
0: You always have this fine line with these like, other world stories of like where all these characters are. There's one big one later that I do think is really lazy and on the nose. We'll get into it, but... I'm intrigued. Um... So basically, he flies off. He leaves this big fancy party he's at because he hears something's happening at Arkham, which he basically funds. And uh, Doctor Crane, of course, uh, shows him the body of Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne in this world has basically
1: been mentally ill since childhood. Tom Thomas Elliot, we're following. We should play. I don't think you mentioned that. I... No, I-, I don't think you did. I could be wrong, but I started off by saying he was center, right? Uh, Maybe. Uh, But this is all Thomas Elliot that we're following. I think you just kind of mentioned, oh, Thomas Elliot's center and then went straight into all the other bits. Sure, okay. Thomas Elliot's the one we're following
0: and he gets taken to the body of Bruce Wayne, who has finally somehow killed himself in Arkham and he's been in and out of Arkham his whole life because he's mentally ill because of the death of his parents. And Crane's like, hey, I'm surprised you didn't get me to kill him sooner because now you are in complete control of Wayne Enterprises, Yada, yada, yada.
1: Yeah, he's like, hey, he's been a vegetable for years, so I get why it's been easy for you. But I mean, this this definitely makes it clear for you now.
0: Yeah, and it teases that the janitor's the Joker in this world, uh, with the big grin yeah. and all that. You find out for sure later, of course. But um, and then, but the thing we hear though is that there's a legend going through all the cells that they all believe this uh this demon bat that you know Amadeus Arkham uh yes was obsessed about Just the bat of Arkham. Yeah. And we see this, you know, hushed version of Batman with the bandages that attack and kill uh, Crane. And this sets up this idea, like, the the, the hand of Bruce Wayne had, like, a ticket, the movie ticket from the night Bruce died, and we find out that all these other people dying throughout the city are are these, like, basically little bits of evidence from that night are popping up around them. And we get more world building, we get Barbara Gordon, who leads the Outsiders, who are kind of like a anti- like, fascist squad uh, who's trying to avenge the death of her father. Uh, yeah. Tim's there's on a, that team.
1: There's a lot of extraneous world building in this issue.
0: There's a lot Yeah, there's a lot that's not that important. Like, for example, there's, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if it's Steph or Cass who's on this team. I assume it's Cass because of the full mask, but I'm not even sure, to be honest. I would have lent towards Cass as well, but she talks a lot. It never really comes up. It doesn't really matter who it is. And this is when we get the... So, the Grey Sun pops up and this is the one i hate <laughs> i hate this bullshit I,
1: I get why you hate it but i also i'm not going to defend it and say oh i like it because i don't really like it but this isn't a new thing for this run dick grayson being the gray son and being you know, a, a talon was a whole thing in even in snyder's batman and it was part of the nightwing uh, at that time i know I, I
0: i know all this and i i hated the, the talon stuff with, with dick and i hate that it's brought yeah. up in this but I just hate that he is publicly known as the Gray Sun. It's just like Tim Drake being called the Drake. I hate it with every fiber no, I, of my being. <laughs> I, I get that. I, I, I really do feel that. Yeah. So he's actually working for, for Tommy, Thomas Elliot. He's kind of like the head of... Because uh, we, we, you know, we, we keep hearing about President March, who of course is Lincoln March. So you can tell that this, this, this story is definitely... While it's meant to be a hush, you know, what if kind of story... There's a, a lot of
1: attention to the early Snyder there's a, there's a lot of stroking the Snyder run in this as and well. I, I don't mind when it was President March and that was early on. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool because there's no reason that Lincoln March shouldn't exist in an world, right? Uh no. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for not even that you know him knowing that he's related or any of that potential bollocks. Uh, just the idea that he exists and he rose up to become president is fine. I'm okay with that. It, it was the 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 Grayson stuff that links it that makes it rough. I think.
0: Yeah, but then you also have you know Grayson saying you know the Court of Owls are sentenced to get die, blah blah blah. It outfit's very Court of Owls esque. It's not oh, quite. It's,
1: it's a straight up almost
0: tallow outfit. Yeah, the mask is very different, of course, but it's the color scheme. It's all that. Um. It's just, I mean, honestly, Snyder's run is one that's not aged well for me because I never liked the back half of it. And we reread the first, you know, twelve issues or whatever, you know, the the the, the, I think the it's pr- eleven, but the, yeah, the quarter of Owls story from the start of the run, and I definitely didn't like it as much as I did the first time I read it. Um, so I'm not as super into a lot of the stuff from it. Uh, so you know, all, all this stuff being kind of shoehorned in here, kind of just felt like a little bit extraneous when. Yeah, because they go to Jason, the arms dealer to find out about, you know, this rocket that shot down the helicopter earlier and there's a whole fight because uh, the League of Assassins is turning on turning on Thomas do, Elliot. Are
1: they all are they not with Tommy Elliott? He that, doesn't that, really know and Kalia's like, Oh, why would we do this? This book
0: is over fifty pages long, and I feel like you could at least you could cut out half of it. This could be a twenty five page book and tell the same story with all this extra fat just you know cut away from I, it.
1: I I think part of my biggest problem with this book is I don't understand how this is a hush, Elseworlds. Like most of the other stories, not all of them were good, right? But all of them, I, I understood how they were that particular story and, and a twisted version of that. So, I mean, the only thing that makes this a quote unquote hush, Elseworlds is that it's Tommy Elliot,
0: and they've got Batman in bandages to look more hush-like. But that's just for
1: reasons because no, it's I, no, because I, of the name.
0: I know, but I'm saying that visually, that's what they're doing to try and make oh, it feel sure. That way. But
1: in terms of the the hush storyline of someone coming back who's you know, and Bruce doesn't know who it is, and we, we're going through all these villains. That's, that's kind of what the hush story is, right? The original story. Uh, this is not any version of that story. This isn't well, a twisted version of it. Well, what, what was interesting to me is that early on, what
0: I thought it was going to start doing was the idea that in this world Bruce was going to use all these villains that didn't really exist yet to, like, attack Tommy. I, I thought that was going to be the point. It was like a flip where, because cause that was the whole thing with Hush, is that he used the entire Rose Gallery to, to get to Batman. Yeah. And I thought this was going to be, oh, Bruce is using, you know, even though they're not like public villains or they're not known villains in the same way, but you because know, he does use Joker. He's you know, he's he's got Jack Napier working as the janitor at Arkham. But I thought he was going to end up having like the help of you know pick a, you know another villain that, that wasn't uh, mentioned Riddler is
1: a pretty uh, important one for the Hush story
0: there, there you go like, you know just different random villains where you know Edward Nigma was he's the, the guy with the the plan and the brains or or whatever um like i i really thought that was where it was going to kind of go and that's why it was a flip on the Hush story but it didn't uh and i think that yeah. was I don't know, it's like, it's not terrible i think it's easily enough to read uh and the art of course is pretty good Uh, throughout. It's not so his best work. I don't think it's as good, say, as his recent uh, Batman The Outsiders
1: issues, but it is pretty solid. It's Yeah, it's perfectly decent. There are some nice panels. Um, The bit where um, uh, Tommy Elliot is facing off with with Dick, and it cuts to the black and white silhouette as they go through the floor when when they get dragged down. I think that's a particularly nice panel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the most part, it's just, you know, Solid, path of the course, extra soy work, right? Nothing special, but good, because he doesn't churn out bad work.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's basically it. Uh, the, the story just kind of ends with Tommy going back to the Wayne Manor, and eventually... I mean, Dick's there as well, and Dick's about to kill him, but then we, fi- <laughs> we find out that Alfred is down in the cave with like all the caged other people that, that Batman's been after, and... <sighs> Yeah. That's when Hush it, Batman
1: actually jumps out and it basically It frustrates me as an issue, and, and I think it is objectively a bad issue because it's not telling a story. It's the purpose of this issue isn't to tell a story of this alternate version of Hush. It's to set up a world that we can maybe tell stories in in the future. That's why we spend so much time with Barbara Gordon and the Outsiders. Uh, it's, it's why we set up oh, here's Jason Todd, here's what Penguin and uh, Two Face doing his, where the League of Assassins are. It's it's all this is. I'm reading it and I'm seeing the oh, we can revisit this later. Uh, you know, I, I can see the editors jotting down the notes to revisit <laughs> future issues. I don't feel a story. What's frustrating to me is that the whole idea of him
0: using various other characters is kind of brought up when he's because he's basically doing the villain monologue towards the end where he's explaining how he did all this and how he faked his death and he's got all these people that helped him in Arkham. Instead of it being, like, six characters... I mean, first of all, I would have liked it to be more intricate in just one page of him explaining how he used various people. But it's a bunch of, like, barely nobodies. (laughs) Like, it's just... Like, okay, I'm sure these are all characters that have popped up in runs or whatever before. But it's not the Riddler. It's not Bane. It's not... (laughs) It's not goddamn Harley Quinn or anything like that. It's, 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 you know... uh, It's this dude, Casey Callahan who's a cat burglar. Okay? (laughs) Who's Casey? Who the F is Casey? (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I'm sure you've just got your episode title right
0: there. I'm I'm sure there's a, a fan out there. He's like, ah, What are you talking about? I'm the number one fan of Casey Callahan. And you, how dare you not know who Casey Callahan is? How dare you yeah. run a DC Comics podcast and not know who Casey Callahan is?
1: Uh, it is a lot of like disgraced spy Nick Mason, martial artist Dolores Madigan, yes. my, you know, mob assassin Sal Buckets, Barusco. I'm like, Who are all these chumps? <laughs> Pretty much. Like I, I think it's notable that that page that has like the six of them on starts with Amadeus Arkham because it's like oh we all know who Arkham is.
0: Yeah, that's a part of Batman' history, a cool bit of mythology that they can tie into, and, uh, and I feel like it gets mentioned a lot more ever since the the Arkham Asylum game came out. I feel like that's that's one of those positive influences from other media where someone did something cool with it in the game, and all of a sudden, comic writer started like using that a little bit. That's the history no, of
1: Arkham. I think you might be right, but again, like you say, it's that's a positive example where. I don't think any stories have overdone it. They've just—it's been referenced here or there, probably more often since that game started doing things with it. But Mm -hmm. in a way that feels cohesive, and it's a positive feedback loop for it, where I'm quite happy to have more—not stories about Adversarcom, but just you know, uh, references to establish that no, no, this is the history of Gotham. It it makes the world feel more real, right? Yeah, I know. I I like
0: that. It's, yeah, so Batman kills Tommy, we hear the world is wondering where Tommy's disappeared to, uh, Talia's with the President March now, uh, and that's basically it. I mean, honestly, it doesn't do anything that interesting. It's not, like I say, I don't think it's a bad issue, because I think it's, it's, it's written well enough in terms of that it flows well. Some of the differences in the world are a little interesting to discover, but. It's like 50 pages that ultimately doesn't have enough story to justify And then and you're kind of waiting, like, okay, so what are you going to do at the end to justify, like, all this time that was spent on it? And it never really did. So I got to the end of it and went, that was a long read for very
1: little return. Yeah. I mean, the only two things of that whole thing you just said I would dispute are, one, I'm pretty sure he doesn't kill Tommy Elliot. I think he's just in a cage at the end. Oh, uh, sorry. I don't see him necessarily, but he kind mm. of mentions, oh, yo, yeah, you know, I've I, I forgotten what days, you know, what daytime is essentially. And it's like, oh, you will too. Sure. And, we don't, sure. and then we, we see them all hanging in a cage. So I'm assuming he's just in a cage. Uh, and the other thing I disagree is, that I I do think it is a quote unquote bad issue. Um, and I don't think it has I sto- I don't think it has a good story. I think if if you cut out half of this, I might say it's a half decent issue, but still probably wouldn't be good because I don't think the concept is good. But if you cut out all the Barbara stuff a lot of the dick grayson stuff i might go okay it's fine but I think I, as it is it's a mess and it's bad
0: i'm talking about writing quality art quality things like that conceptually i agree it's not that interesting uh, no
1: I, I think writing quality falls under the like, art quality i'll i'll give you is fine absolutely uh dexter Soy does nothing wrong even if he doesn't excel does nothing wrong uh, writing quality i think comes under that is that it's it's sloppy Okay, fine. Thanks. You're more negative than I am. Are you happy? You've achieved it, right? A little bit. Yeah. <sighs> we
0: little give, bit what are you giving it?
1: <laughs> I'm giving it a 4.
0: I'll give it a 5. I'll give it Straight down the middle, I think you can happily skip it. It's not
1: going to make you upset or angry, it's just nothing. And I have to say, it makes me question if I want to read the next Flashpoint one. Um, maybe I'll see who the team is on it and if there's a writer that interests me, maybe. But it it makes me feel like these issues coming back for the Tales of the Dark Multiverse does feel more like a cash grab and just because it's a thing rather than there's an actual story here this time. Um, I, I
0: would just... Depends on who's writing it, depends like, how busy is that week. If it's a lot of quite a week like this, I'm probably a lot more willing to check it out That's for fair. curiosity's sake. Um, But they are all kind of really individual, so just because this one was bad doesn't mean... Because to be fair, the, the the initial batch of them were mostly pretty good. There was only one or two that I didn't like out of that first batch. I so. mean,
1: I really liked, we liked Nightfall. We liked that. That's a Superman was good. Yeah, uh, Infinite Crisis was really good. Yeah. if you're a fan of that story. Well, Blackest uh, Night was the only one that I remembered. Not yeah, Blackest Night. I remember not liking. I'm sure there was more than that though that existed. Uh, well, wasn't that oh, many there, more. Was, uh, there was a there was a Judas Contract which was. That yeah, was okay. But yeah, I mean three good yeah. ones out of five is not bad. Or these <laughs> no, types no it's, of abso- it's absolutely not bad. Um and like I say the only reason that I'm like going, oh well, do I really want to read Flashpoint one now is more the return of these a year or so later, feeling like just because we can, like the cashing in of it, makes me more skeptical, and this did not convince me otherwise. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. That will
0: take Connor on to Red Hood issue 50 every month on patreon.com slash Uh Our patrons at a certain tier. There's a $30 tier where you can make myself or Connor read a book. There is a limited number of slots though. It's not like we can... Because, you know, we don't want to get into a situation where there's like 50 books each. <laughs> so there's a limited slot number of slots. But uh, you can make me or Connor read a book of your choosing once per month. Uh, and as has been happening now for... Seemingly. It's not been 50 months because you read the first arc on your own free will, and then you gave up. It might be close to, though, once you count in the annuals and stuff. Oh, yeah, it could be closer. I, I think it'll maybe just be a couple off now, as opposed to the, the full six off, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so, there you go. Take it away.
1: Yeah, um, Yeah, it's Red Hood, isn't it? <laughs> no, oh, David got his it's...
0: money worth there. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I, I will say is the uh, is uh, unfortunately still Lobdell on art and uh, Lobdell uh, on art. Sorry, Lobdell writing and Pantelina on art. I R. would
0: read that issue just to see what it was
1: like. Uh, uh, me too. <laughs> I, I, I was reading who was the artist on the credits page, so I made sure I got it right and said uh, as I was saying it. Uh, no, that is my bad. Uh, Pantelina on art and, and Lobdell writing. Uh, I'm not sure if this is quite the last Lobdell issue or if there's one or two more. I don't know. Um, I guess last one. I it was his last one. I thought it was, but it doesn't feel like much of a I mean I guess there's ending qualities to it, but I'll start by I was slightly confused at the start of this issue, and I will say part of this is on me because it opened saying one month ago above Gotham City, and I skipped I skimmed over the uh that establishing panel because in reality in this book there are shitload of establishing panels and most of them are meaningless. So my eyes kind of don't always take them in. Uh so and, and bizarro's here and like bizarro's just chilling around doing stuff. And I was like, wait, didn't we leave Bizarro in hell? With try taking Trigon seat at the end of the last issue. I actually had to go back and check the last issue to check I wasn't imagining that. And then got back to this issue and was like, oh it says one month ago. Never mind. Mm. Um it's picking up threads from the the um the, the the joker war stuff that we just had uh that uh jason cares about you know joker's daughter and there was stuff going on with that and apparently you know, there there was i barely remember this there was some dead body that he had that he thought was joker's daughter Dent. that and he's like it turns out it wasn't her it was just some homeless person oh well uh, and he's like now, now i need to find the real Dent. uh so they, they, that's the opening, like handful of pages—a of quick rescue mission. They grab a um, Zara and Artemis up with him, and they they get her and take her back and put her in a hospital bed. And then we skip ahead to quote-unquote today, which is presumably right after the last issue picked uh, ended, or more or less anyway. And this opens with uh, Jason waking up. You know, he's he's stood next to our window, staring out, doing that whole. Pensive Anakin Skywalker on the balcony in in Episode Two, shit, uh, and definitely not Padme. But Artemis walks up to him, and is like, "Hey, you, you know, you're all right. I haven't slept so well, and clearly, having just gotten out of the same bed as Jason." And I'm like, "Wasn't there a whole thing for like the last like eight issues about Jason's girlfriend, and she got possessed by the sword spirit? Like, he was with someone else. Like, that that was a whole thing, I'm sure. And now he's just with Artemis that." wasn't a thing. I don't know. They're just sleeping together now. I I, I don't get it. I don't know where this has come from. Uh, You've you got some reminiscing. It's like, oh, you know, Roy. Oh, Bizarro. Oh, Corey. She's off doing space stuff now. I miss them all so much because uh, I, I guess this does show it is Love Bill's last issue because there's all this reminiscing going on. Uh, you know, just you know, some, some nice tender moments with with Artemis, which again they were not in a relationship. I don't know where this has come from, madness. Uh, and then, of course, Generation Outlaw Shop because they're at Mar Gunn's house, is, is where they are now. Who Pete now knows who Mar Gunn is, and, and gets all these references. If I was listening uh, to you, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they're at Mar Gunn's house with oh, Generation okay. Zero, which are the or Generation Outlaw. Sorry, which are the uh, the shitty heroes that were, you know, the one the arc that you read or however many issues that you read. The, all, the, all the really shitty uh, not-X-Men heroes that, mm-hmm. that Jason was training. Oh, I recall, I recall. yes. I'm sure you do. I couldn't name you any of them, but I remember the pain of reading the could, issue. Could you describe even a single one of them? Not, not even name, just describe the power set, look, anything, about any of them.
0: There was a baby, and there was one whose... Like head was separate, or was in a different part of their body, or something of like that.
1: I know where you're coming from. Okay, you're merging two things that are actually the same thing. Oh, really? And that's so the baby. Like, so there is a baby that is carried by a like a zombie.
0: Ah, yes. Okay,
1: and that's where you're getting the head carried head from. I think is is it's it's all the baby, <laughs> but uh, I think that's where you're coming from. But I mean, credit. I mean, you got one out of six. Or, oh, or I mean, I mean, you got a half out oh, of six. Oh,
0: there's one with like a sort of rusty mechanical teeth, like jaw thing, big metal jaw. Oh, uh, I think yeah, 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 devour. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I'll get you. That's all I can it's do. It's not bad. Though. I mean, it's pretty close. Uh, there was the, the there's the not Doomsday one as well. If you remember, Doomed Lobdell's previous series in the middle of New Fifty Two, the kid who got infected with Doomsday shit, so he looks like lanky Doomsday. This is like ringing zero bells, Pete, I can see. Oh, oh. Um, okay. But uh, basically, uh, Monsieur Malla is there shouting at them all. And Jason's like, what the hell are you doing? And sticks a gun up to the back of his head. And then Margun's like, no, you know, he, I, I hired him. I hired him and the brain and they're, they're kind of training the kids because you pissed off repeatedly. And, and Jason's like, they're my responsibility. He's like, yeah, well, you left them with me, so screw you. Uh, and then he goes, fine, they're all yours. And then leaves. So, you know, Jason's a great teacher and responsible figure, clearly. And he goes off to Veritas. Uh, I don't know if she's in the middle of the earth or if she's in where, but, you know, they've got uh, Joker's daughter. She's been in a coma. She's just woken up and, and she's unresponsive. So he goes and sticks the, you know, her Joker face, uh, the Joker mask on her. And she starts Joker laughing and he's like, oh, yeah, probably should have thought that she'd do that. It's like, oh, no shit. And then we cut to the Iceberg Lounge because, again, this is the greatest hits of Lobdell's run here. Uh, uh, they're just doing stuff there. Susie Sue's, uh, you know, is running stuff. Uh, Duella Dent is doing physical therapy, learning to walk again in the Iceberg Casino for some reason that I don't quite get. Um, it's not going that well, and Jason's taunting her, being like, "Hey, I, uh, I'll fight your dad." Um, Pretty sure she's on about he's on about Joker and not Two Face, um, not her. But I mean, I don't know when it comes to to her exactly. Uh, and she walks, um, and then he, you know, he takes her to, You know, this is all cutting around really quickly. Like every couple of pages, it is cutting like this. Uh, it it cuts to the Wayne graveyard, and they look at you know Jason's grave. And he's like, yeah, I was buried here once. But it's, it's this whole thing, and she's like, "I see what you're doing. You're trying to do this. Don't go down this path that I've gone down." Speech, and uh, again, then we're cutting. You know, the next morning we're back to Jason Artemis in bed, and you know, having this conversation. Him going, "Oh, I might love you," and she, you know, this is actual dialogue. He goes, "I might love you," and he's got you know a, a head against his his head against her uh, her waist at this point, point. and she goes, "Or not." That's dialogue i might love you or not and that's okay that's that like that is a conversation in this book and it's atrocious Puch. um yeah and then uh joker's daughter she she's running away and jason's like i know she's running away but I, i'm not going to forbid her to leave she she can do what she wants she's got to learn um and she runs into pup pup which if you remember pup pup p i'll give you a point Pup Pop is Bizarro's little Superman doll uh, that speaks, if you, if you remember that nope. at all. Nope. Uh, no, not. To be honest, for a long time in this run, I thought it was only in Bizarro's head that it speaks, but it's speaking here to Joker's door and it's, it's going along. With... That reminds me, there's a point at the start of this book, you know, when he's reminiscing about all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about Bizarro and he says, imagine Superman, but all heart. I'm like, that's goddamn Superman, Lobdell. You've just described Superman, not Bizarro. Like, oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, Pup Pup is, is in the way. She kicks him and, and then he, he's like, dude, what the hell? And she's like, oh, that's adorable. Let me give you a hand. And they become best friends. And uh, they fall asleep together and he stops her running away. And Jason comes and puts a little bed cape over them as a blanket while they sleep in the middle of the field. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then it's like days later, and we're cutting around a lot again and they're on a little mission. It's Jason Artemis and Joker's daughter and pop up all on a mission as the outlaws and the doing some fighting and and Duella just starts screaming and he's like Do you know what for the first time I I don't want this violence I don't want to kill people so they're gonna take her back home uh, and leave her with a actual family and her parents uh, I I say parents I'm pretty sure to, you know Harvey Dent is a dad I could be wrong maybe I'm misremembering but her name is Duella Dent so I'm not getting this from nowhere if if, if that is why my head is there. Um, but they leave Pop Pop with her to keep her company and look over her, and then Ah oh, Miss and Jason they're driving off on their bikes, and they're like, "Oh, we're taking a break," and then Ah oh, it's like this is the end of us, and he's like you don't need us anymore, Jason, you know. Yeah, and that that's it. He goes off on his own. He's like he's going back to Gotham, and that's that's the end of the issue. It's just him going back to Gotham, and so you know, next Jason returns home. And it is 50 pages of nonsense. Uh, There is so much of this that feels like Lobdell didn't actually want to leave this book. Like There are a lot of obligatory tied up like loose ends. Like, oh, I guess we'll answer that. I guess we'll tie up that. But it in no way feels like the end of a run beyond that we're doing the reminiscing things. It feels like he was forced off the book and he's doing a final issue to celebrate rather than this is what I actually wanted to end my story. Uh, and don't worry, I'm happy that, <laughs> about this. He's probably
0: got, like, what, a close to 100-issue run at this point.
1: Oh, longer, probably. Um, but, but I think that's why it surprises me, because it's sold pretty consistently. He's obviously been happy writing it, which is why it surprises me that it feels like he's been forced off, as opposed to him choosing to leave. I can't remember. Was, was this decision after Didio left? Is this movie more to do with that? Oh, maybe. Are, are you thinking that the reason he had the book was he had some dirt on video, and now the, the replacements don't care? Uh, yeah, either dirt or maybe they're just friends or something.
0: No, disg- he definitely
1: had dirt. <laughs> something disgusting like that. I don't know. Uh, um, all right. what, 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 that, that could be the reason. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give this a 3.5. It's a very weak issue that has no story. Um, has a lot of just random cuts about the scenes. It feels very fragmented. It's it's not a good issue.
0: Okay, well. That will take us on to the section of the show where we pick our favourites of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite uh, art, and of course rank the books. Top five usually, but in a week like this with it less. Now I should have had five books admittedly, and I just didn't realise one came out. Uh, but like I say, we'll come back to Justice League next week. Uh, 56 was the correct thing that I think Connor guessed earlier, so...
1: Oh, go me. Good luck with that. Uh, so, alright, favourite panel slash moment? Uh, I'm just going to take Cass doing the Shazam. Uh, You little bitch. Uh, <laughs> you should have gone
0: first. I mean, I could take it too if I want. I don't really care. Uh, I don't have this. There could be no duplicates nonsense that well, you and Matt be. seem to have a problem with. Well, I know I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go with uh, Damien cracking the joke about Mary and Jason because that really cracked me up. That was definitely in my line of of dialogue of the week. Uh, but in terms of like you know pleasing moments, I, I think yeah, Cass going Shazam has to be it. So uh, that's the pick. That's the pick. Uh, best cover of the week, go.
1: Uh, honestly, there's not a lot that stands out to me this week. There's I mean, the obligatory uh, Matina uh, Batman cover. I'm assuming is a Matina deceased cover, although I could be wrong.
0: Nah, yeah, it's Matina. Yeah, the Matina one where it's like uh, the skeleton inside Swamp Thing as Swamp Thing's kind of corroding away.
1: Those are both nice, uh, and the Derek Chu Young Justice is all right, but I mean, that's about it. Nothing's really jumping out. I mean, I, I guess I'll go with Matina's deceased one.
0: I'm going to put that too. I, I do think the Batman's really good. Uh, it's a really nice uh, you know, piece of art of
1: Ghostmaker, but it's Ghostmaker, so naturally I'm going with the Swamp Thing. <laughs> One for deceased. Yeah, and, and and Matina is a very reliable variant artist where they're always good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't usually pick them unless, if, unless there's nothing else because they're always there and they're always consistent. I know what to expect from a Matina cover. The
0: movie variant for Deceased this time is really boring because it's just the Wonder Woman poster. But because, like... I mean, I know it's technically supposed to be, you know, Cassie Wonder
1: Woman on this. It doesn't look a different you enough. You can't tell, yeah. Because yeah. at least last time it was the... I think last one was the Aquaman cover. But you had the... De- I think it was, like, uh, Green Canary was kneeling at the front, for example. And it was clearly the Aquaman cover, which, don't get me wrong, is a boring enough choice as it is. But at least it was deceased themed this if you take off it saying deceased dead planet you would not be able to tell it was deceased related yeah so yeah that's what it is
0: uh best art of the week
1: <sighs> batman maybe yeah um Honestly, I don't think there's any real standout out this. Week. I mean, it, it might even be Dexter Soy on, on Hush. I, I, I think I would probably go with Soy on Hush. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to lean towards that in the end, actually. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But, I mean, not an amazing week for I mean, it, it's fine. It's, it's, Dexter Soy is, is very reliable and solid. And, you know, he, he does some good work there. All right, rank your books. Uh, I I guess deceased Batman.
0: Hush. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put deceased at number one as well. Number two. Yeah, no, Yeah, number two is probably still Batman. Number three, Young Justice. Number four, Hush. Uh, I mean, it, it's a weird week. It's one of these weird weeks where there's not many books. Uh, the, the ones that are there for the most part didn't blow us you know blows away so this this is kind of it's, it's, gonna be
1: it's
0: a... probably one of the most underwhelming weeks we've had in a long time though yeah it's always possible when there's not a lot of books though because there's less chance for it to wow us but hey yeah. I'll tell you what's coming next week uh, from DC Comics we got Detective Comics 1030 we have The Flash 765 Wonder Woman 766 Superman 27 Green Lantern Season 2 Issue 9 Hawkman issue 29 that's the final issue of Hawkman right uh, and then we have Punchline special issue 1 uh, we have Dark Knight's Death Metal Infinite Hours Extreme issue 1 I've forgotten that what that is to be honest and then,
1: <laughs> an American Vampire all, all I know about that is it proves we could have taken those backups from the previous issues and stuck them in there
0: well wait until you see how you feel about this because this is a $6 book that's oversized too yeah that's true uh and American Vampire, 1976 issue 2, is also out. So
1: surprisingly light week 2 for us. Calm before the storm, uh, that's what I'll say. I, I don't... And, and, and when I say for us, I mean, even if you include the books we're not reading, it's pretty light on the output still.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't even feel bad, that because I was going to originally do a Patreon book this week, but I was running late, so I, I left it out. Um. Next week it looks just as fine to do a Patreon book, to be honest, given that list of books, so that's fine by me. Uh, plus, we'll, we'll tackle that Justice League, uh, which we didn't do this week, because I just didn't realise it came out. Uh, it happens. I get it. So, there you go. That is uh, that is basically the show. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month. That means that they are $20 or more on patreon.com slash TV. But you can go over and support us, you can support us for much less than that though, you can support us for as little as $1 per month, and $1 would be more than we would make if you watched every single video we put out on TV's YouTube channel. Not just the comics podcast, like everything, if you watched all the TV reviews, you watched all the Screams After Midnight episodes, and all the Atomic Cinema Experiment episodes. So, uh, it's never too little, and of course you don't even have to give us money, if you do want to go over to YouTube and hit the like button, that is also a big help. Uh, helps us find more of an audience, as well as rating the podcast five stars and giving us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your audio podcast from. Uh, all of these things do help, so please go and have a look and see if you can do any of those things. Um, as far as anything else, catch us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast, and I look forward to, to next week, I suppose. Uh, that's basically it that's quite a week i don't know uh, sometimes yeah, I, tr- yeah. I try and j- jazz it up sometimes but you know sometimes you have a quieter week and it's just how it is it's where we are so uh yeah thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force